Three, two, one. I'm Aaron Armstrong. I'm Pete Moran. I'm Bill Fox. And we love to watch. We love to watch presents the Spooktober 2020 closeout. When I asked my baby for a date, she said she'd rather stay at home. I up late. Says my cold, cold kisses give a real cold chill. But the spooky, spooky movies always give her thrills. My baby loves the spooky, spooky movies. We set a long closeout. Yeah, I know. Come on. We couldn't have like had I must one have unifying episode across the whole missed three of them. group meeting where we as co-hosts. How many beers are you opening, Bill? Uh, that was the last one was me. Yeah. Okay. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, this is just, my first just, on this episode so far. I didn't but. know. Are we? I missed the. <laughs> I missed the memo about being a closeout. I missed the memo on a shotgunning beers. I guess. Mm. <laughs> um, I go for a shotgun beer. If we told anybody what day we're recording this on, I think they would understand why we're shotgunning beers. The spookiest day, the second spookiest day of the year. Uh, yeah, this will probably come out the day after election day or something. I don't know, Pete, whenever you get to editing it. Yeah, Thursday, um, Friday, depending on how depressed dash uh, elated I am. Uh, yeah, well, I'm editing the episode for this week as we speak, and I'm like, well, I'll either finish Wednesday <laughs> or never. Um but yeah, we are recording this uh, the Monday before the election, so uh, if we're all nervous and jumpy, that's because our anxiety is an all-time high, so we think. It'll, as we've learned from anything from 2020 or this president, it always can get higher. Uh, but yeah, we are, we love to watch, we're a movie podcast, typically we pick a movie or a week or a theme. <laughs> technically a theme and we do movies over the course of that month around that theme uh and we're doing that we just finished evil dead month in october and we're about to kick off uh disney back in the action about uh disney's attempt to cultivate live action franchises in the 90s starting with honey i shrunk the kids which is probably if it's not on your feed right now it should be anytime soon uh but we're also doing one other thing we we every october we do – Peter and I try to watch 31 new-to-us horror movies. We've always hit it since doing the show. Sometimes we've uh, done 40 or 50 or 60 or 70, um, and uh, and we make lists, and we get obsessed about it, and we talk about it at the beginning of every We Love to Watch episode in October. And this year, we're like, why are we doing it before the episodes? Why don't we just make it its own thing? And we've done that. Hopefully, you've listened to – the last couple that we put out in October as kind of a couple check-ins. And this is being re- being recorded on November 2nd because Halloween is over, Spooktober's over, and we're done. We've watched everything. This is our final recap for us to share what we watched in those final 11 days since our last recording, as well as share some favorites and recommendations. And the one other change this year, you heard Bill Fox. Bill Fox used to go, mmm, horror bad. Uh, and now, mm, horror Frank, he's good. Because he's, now he's like, mmm, horror bad. But like in a 90s hip way, where bad meant good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like co- like color Bill Bad. Yeah. Yeah, two Ds. Mmm, <laughs> horror, I'm bad, I'm bad, I know it. <laughs> uh, bad like Bart Simpson. Yeah. He's yeah. bad. Do, do the do the horror man, uh, 
And so Bill is going to share the final movies that he watched. And Bill, did you end up going off the ranch? Because I think you were thinking last time we spoke, when we recorded on the 19, you had like six or seven left. And and all your, your spooktober juices were flowing that you were going to try to put together a few ad hoc new ones to watch as the month closed. Did you end up doing that? Uh, I went slightly over the list. I not... I did not live up to expectations, at least my own expectations for going over. Um, I finished on like the schedule I planned and then like spent three days working and not watching new to me horror movies. Um, but then in the final like two or three days, I picked up a couple extra. So there's a couple a couple new ads. You know, Bill, that seems like a reasonable, healthy relationship (laughs) with horror movies. Not in any way sickening and perhaps uh, leading us to question your your very sanity, Uh, uh, your fitness as a guardian. I I don't want to be accused of anything healthy, just just to be abundantly clear. Like, there are times (laughs) when I have an unhealthy relationship with work, and that is the only reason I had an unhealthy or did not have an unhealthy uh, closeout to my spooktober. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is a transition, Peter, where you're going to aim the camera right at me. <laughs> yeah, like, you're not some sick fucking weirdo that did like a hundred movies. I was going to interrupt when you said 70 and call out that you guys have never done 70 in a month before, right? Uh, Our, Peter yeah. did mid-60s once. Right. Yes. So never My done previous 70. record was mid-60s. Um, and just just to get it on the table, Bill... Bill um, Aaron and I exceeded our previous records by quite a bit this year. Quite a bit. Uh, the last week got a little crazy. Uh, so, Peter, why don't you go first? Sure. Yeah, sure. So, uh, my total uh, without rewatches was 80. Uh, 80 on the money. I started <laughs> watching I started watching 81, and it was like, uh, fi- it was Final Destination 3, and I was like, frankly, I don't have to do this to myself, and my brain went to sleep. Um, yeah, so I I was approaching, so on the final week, on the Tuesday, I was at 72, going to the Saturday, so essentially had five days left, and I ended up, I was planning to watch two movies on Tuesday, I ended up watching four. So then by Wednesday, I was like, you know, I could get to 93. And I felt like 93 was like a feasible number. You're talking like, I got, I got four days, I got to watch 20 movies, like, but then it'll be 93. I watch instead of like the whole thing with Spooktober is you're watching 31 new to you movies, one movie a day on average. And this would be three movies a day. Um, so I like, but I, I kept trying to get ahead because I'm like, man, if I get tired or something um, or like, <laughs> like, you know, something where my wife has just had enough. Recently, I like where this is going. Yeah, we should mention the last or, episode, so, our, our recap, you were on pace to do 89, statistically speaking, right? Yeah. And you, you feared the eventual conversation with your wife or the argument, so to speak. Yeah, so, which we actually, I'm, I'm going to talk about that. We did not have it this year. Um, early on, she was like, you're going to go watch a horror movie again. I'm like, and I, I actually like not in a joking way. I was like, you know, uh, 
it's we 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 get to spend a lot of time each around each other over the last eight months. Uh, you know, I'm really excited about this. I yeah, it's one month. Uh, if if we if 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 we could not fight about it, it would be nice. Um, and she was kind of like, oh yeah, no, that makes sense. Something you're excited about, and like that was it. We we actually never had it. But I was kind of pushing it in the last week, and I was wondering if there was a limit. Uh, so anyway, so I was trying to get ahead, like when I had the time, like Maya and I watching a couple right after school and work and then me like prioritizing like 80 minute movies and staying up late so I could get three or four a night. So then on Wednesday, I get like six in. Right. And I have Friday off work and I'm now like, OK, wait. What if I could do more? Uh, and then Thursday, when I don't have to work on Friday, I watch seven. And now I'm like, okay, well, I am about to, like, I'm at, I think on Thursday night, I was at 88. And I have two full days, both days of no working. And I was like, well, obviously, I'm going for 100 at this point. <laughs> uh, so, on, so I watched seven on Friday throughout the day. Uh, and, then, uh, and then seven on Saturday and end up with 102. Holy um, shit. Yeah, holy shit is right. I watched, in the last four days, Bill, 29 movies. <laughs> or four or five days. I forget exactly what it was. What, what but do I you looked think and, like, your average run rate was? Well, I mean, so last time we talked, it was the 19th and I had done 55. No, I, I meant, like, runtime of movies. Oh, I mean, it was probably, like, I'd say 80 or 90 minutes. Like, I actually kept trying to do long ones because I, I didn't want to do something where I was ending Spooktober with stuff I didn't want to watch because it was short. So, I got a couple of, like, uh, Masters of Horror movies in there but, that are, like, 60 minutes near the end. But I was still watching, like, 90, 100-minute movies near the end, if that's what you're talking about. It is. I mean, that means yeah. quite easily you spent six days of the month. Oh, Yeah. Watching movies and not like waking hours. Like you spent six full 24 hour days watching movies <laughs> in October. Yeah, it, it was, I mean, it, it was that thing where in getting ahead or trying to get ahead or trying to do more early, I ended up and still feeling energized where I felt like I, uh, well, I'm not going to. You know, it was one, like where I had done six on a day and, and theoretically that meant. Now I could do three the next two days, but instead I was like, well, I have the energy for six or seven. So, and then all of a sudden you're, you're hitting that. So the ending was crazy. I was, you know, we're recording this on Monday. Saturday was Halloween. Yesterday. I really had a, like, I, I added 30 new movies to my Spooktober 2021 watch list yesterday. I spent a lot of the day going like, what the fuck do I do on dates? It was a haze I've emerged from. Um, and I still am like trying to get my sea legs or something back where I'm like, what do I do with my life if I'm not like plotting what to watch and how to watch it after work? I had that too. I had that too. That like that, that moment where you're like, so if I'm not pursuing like a numeric ranked goal, yeah. what, what's the point here? What? I'm just going to watch a movie. How, how yeah. much, how much do you guys think you spent on movies you watched new to you this year. Not movies you bought in prior years and didn't watch, but including rentals. What do you think you spent on Spooktober? Uh, stuff that I actually watched. Because I, I bought some new stuff that I, I actually haven't got my Shout Factory order yet, which is kind of annoying. But um, I don't know, probably a couple hundred dollars with a couple we, sales that I hit. 
are we co- are we talking like uh, streaming services is costing anything? Yeah. Well, I mean, oh, okay. I so guess... Shutter's what five bucks a month. Hulu's ten bucks a month. Whatever. So if you if you rack those all up to thirty, and then on top of that, I probably spent another forty on rentals. Um, then yeah, like forty dollars in like unique VODs just to just to pursue the goal. But a whole lot of what I watched was on streaming services because yeah. Shutter is amazing. And I started saving the services that aren't so amazing on horror. I started saving up uh, movies on my watch list like months in advance and just kept them in my queue ready for when the moment hit. Um, Like the platform and underwater and invisible man and scary stories to tell in the dark were all movies. I was like, I want to watch that in, in Spooktober. I want them to be like the special to me, kind of like the, the new hot movies that like people are actually talking about. Yeah. You got to intersperse, right? Like you can't just do five eighties, like three star movies in a row. Yeah. And also to note, uh, one of the things I love about horror movies is that they're speaking to a different culture, yeah. uh, a different a different type of person, someone who's different than me, and like that's one of the things I love about it. But it is nice to watch a movie where you're like, this movie was made specifically for me yeah. as an American in 2020. Like that's that was the fun part about watching Invisible Man was I was mm-hmm. like, this was a movie made for me right now, as opposed to like. A movie from 40 years ago that was made for a completely different person. Yeah. That was made, made as a drug laundering scheme. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially. Uh, yeah. It, so, yeah. I, I forgot, though, that I also bought the Friday the 13th box set. So, I guess right there, that's about 150 bucks. So, that plus whatever I said. Yeah. So, to bring it I home, subscribe to your Patreon and help support us. <laughs> yeah. Help support us. Uh, this, this madness. Yeah. So, I'll, I'll say this and then we can get into the movies. Like, I I feel good about hitting 100. Here's why. Um, that, like... When Peter and I would like fantasize about when we were on like really early good run rates in Spooktober's past, like, you know, we'd think of like, maybe I get to 50 this year and then Peter would hit 50 or something like that. Or like, oh, could we do 75 or something like that? And like 100 was, I think, like the holy grail that we talked about, wow, how could I someday plan it out where I could get a hundred movies in a month? And apparently all it takes is a quarantine where you don't have to go anywhere. And a daughter, my daughter actually watched, she watched 31 total movies. She watched 28 of these with me. Yeah. Uh, I didn't expect your daughter to be a uh, boon uh, as opposed to a handicap. I expected expected your daughter to be like anytime that she's awake or, you know, she doesn't want to go sit through nap time. All of a sudden, like you can't watch something Um, as opposed to like, oh, hey, love the black and white horror movies. Watch Hammer films with me, like uh, old monster movies. Like she watched a few. She watched. Let's let's start um, with the Maya check in. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, we can do a Maya check in. Is she on Letterbox now? Like, are you tracking every movie she's seen? I, I was telling Aaron, like, make a list for what she watches every year, and it'll yeah. be like, it's like a cool record. Yeah, I might end up doing that. Uh, but anyways, the 
just to finish up my thought very quickly, like I am kind of glad to like I'm I'm never gonna go for one fifty or two hundred or something like that. Like I know you can say, well, would why not? Why wouldn't you? And it's just like a hundred. I remember one of our friends in the dissolve hit a hundred one year, and it felt like wow, you know, that would be amazing. But I could never pull that off, and so like I do feel like there's a weird part of me that like. This also takes a level of anxiety off of future Spooktober. It's like it doesn't doesn't matter if I do thirty two next year or fifty or seventy or whatever whatever the circumstances. If they're the same circumstances, like like I got to whatever the mountaintop is of our weird Spooktober obsession, and like uh, and I I never lost. I could have I hit a hundred and still had two movies that I was interested in and watch them. And I still could have watched some the next day. Like, I don't feel burnout. You know, in a, and last year when I did 40, I felt burnout. So I, 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 Peter and I talked about this on previous episodes, like the way that we threw out lists, the way that we communicated, the way that we like followed people's suggestions and like just had not much else competing for it from a time perspective was just, uh, was just made a really fun year. So in a shitty year, this has been uh, a highlight. Uh, so I will go through uh, my list. Hold on. Because uh, I do technically have 47 movies to talk about since the last time we spoke, but I will go very quickly. I'm just going to tune uh, out here, take a little nap. It'll be fine. You take a little nap. Okay, I'm going to go through the Maya ones since we last talked, which was there. Okay, so uh, Maya and I watched um, we, uh, uh, The Babysitter's Guide to Monster Hunting. Did we record that? Were we there? Yeah, we did. Sorry. Okay. I was I was trying to guess what my crossover actually was, and I, I think I figured it out. There we go. Uh, so we watched uh, Mrs. Peregrine's um, Home for Peculiar Children, which uh, is a Tim Burton movie that was actually kind of spooky. Uh, way more spooky than I was expecting, which is why I was surprised when I saw it on a recommended horror movies, which she liked quite a bit. We watched. Is um, it good? Is it good? Like I, I have it's heard... the best. So here's what I would say, which is both a is damning with faint praise. It's the best Tim Burton movie since uh, Sweeney Todd. Oh, okay. So, huh. Which means it's like a three and a half star movie at best. <laughs> uh, but it like it's definitely enjoyable. It actually has some super creepy monster design. I mean, it's got some good actors in it. It. Um, like, it's, like, a better directed version of those types of movies, but not, like, a good Tim Burton movie, if that makes sense. Um, we watched uh, The Spiderwick Chronicles, which was just fine. Um, we watched uh, The New Witches movie, the Robert Zemeckis movie, because she really likes the uh, original one with Angelica Houston. Um, and sh- this was this was fine. <laughs> she's never gonna watch it again she's always gonna prefer the much better version uh why is robert zemeckis making almost a beat for beat version of the witches with nothing original no one knows but it exists and you can watch it if you want um we watched the hammer uh uh terrence fisher mummy well that's um, fun yeah, from 1959, which she liked quite a bit and then anytime mummies would come up in future ones she wanted to talk about them uh, we watched uh, Girl vs. Monster, which is – I watched like four or five of the Disney Channel original spooky movies. 
Uh, Girl versus Monster is definitely the best one I watched during Spooktober. I would say the best one I've seen is the zomb- is called Zombies. Uh, but this one is actually like well shot, has interesting monster design, is fun and zippy. Like it's a two and a half star movie, but compared to some of the one bangers I was hitting with uh, Don't Look Under the Bed and Halloween Town 2, <laughs> it felt like a welcome reprieve. Uh, we watched, um, uh, another one that was a Disney Channel one that wasn't that good. Although the monster design is super spooky because it's from the eighties, which is called Mr. Boogity. Mr. Uh, Boogity. Mr. Boogity. We did not get to the sequel. I guess that'll be next year called Bride of Boogity. <laughs> um, that's true. That's a thing. Uh, it's called Mr. Boogity. <laughs> I don't know. Watch it if you want to. Um, We watched um, the Curious George Boo Fest. That was for Elliot. Not so good. Um, Then we watched another one. Something I had never seen that was actually fucking fantastic that I'd recommend is Tiny Toons Night Gallery, which is like a movie that's on Hulu that is like Peter a like note for note riff on Night Gallery. (laughs) That's funny. And oh, sorry, it's called it's the- Tiny Tiny Tunes Night Goolery, but it like has them in front of pictures as these short vignettes with these longer like creepy stories. Like it's, I mean, I I was a big Tiny Tunes fan, but this was like fantastic and like had some good spooky moments. Yeah, I uh, was gonna say is I would love uh, I would I would love that. I also that makes sense because the people who make Tiny Tunes are huge fucking dorks. So yeah, I know very much so. Uh, we watched sense. another one that I never heard of that was like a full length feature that I think went direct to video in the nineties. It's called the Halloween Tree, um, and what's interesting about it is it is um, it is written and narrated by Ray Bradbury. Um, and it's essentially like the story of these kids that like try to save their dying, uh, their dying friend uh, who uh, from this like evil warlock uh, um, by like picking a pumpkin off of his Halloween tree, and then he punishes them by sending them back to where all their costumes are from. So, like for example, one of the kids is dressed as a mummy, so he takes them to like a you know, uh, universal horror version of of Egypt and, and mummies attacking and stuff like that as a way of like, oh, you think these costumes are fun or like a witch being chased to be burned and stuff like that. So, like, it has that kind of like uh, mid-90s like creepiness for an animated kids movie and was like uh, just kind of a fun like it would have been a movie if I had found it when it came out when I was 10. I would have watched it over and over again. And they should remake um, that for like Fortnite and Marvel superheroes, Power Rangers. That'd be epic. Yeah. Oh, you want to be a pink ranger? <laughs> watch this. Never seen a co- watch this. She got her career ruined because of misogyny. <laughs> <laughs> um, we watched another like fun kid thing I never knew existed. Peter did, uh, which was we watched Mad Monster Party, uh, which is a um, fuck. Who are those guys? Who are those both? Rankin, Bacon and Rass. Bacon Rankin and, and Rankin and Bass. Bacon and Taken. Um, <laughs> it's, my, it's a Freaks and Geeks episode title. Um, yeah, which is, uh, you know, they, they're known for, like, you know, the year without Santa and, and um, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And they, and, um, they did a Halloween, spe- uh, not just a special. So the weird thing about this is that those, like, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, they would air for an hour. So they're, like, 50 minutes 
without commercials. This was an hour and 35 minutes, Peter. It was a full, I don't know if it was a two hour special when it <laughs> aired or what. Um, and it also like, because it's just the, the, the plot is that Dr. Frankenstein, which is like, I guess that we're all the monsters, uh, He's their king or something. I don't know. Or the richest guy in town is retiring (laughs) and he's going to give his castle and all of his scientific shit to his son, who is played by like a nerdlinger, like it's a nerdlinger puppet who uh, the person that's voicing him does a Jimmy Stewart impression for the entire time. (laughs) Um, And then Stewart was big. He was a big Stewart. So you have, like, the creature from the Black Lagoon and Dracula and other people, like, teaming up to make the nephew look bad so that Dr. Frankenstein names them as their heir. And then alliances change throughout and there's all these musical numbers. And at the end, King Kong shows up and just destroys the – like, it's it's not good, but it is oddly compelling and unique. Um, and it's something that I would recommend – because it just is such an odd, such an odd movie, uh, and it has a, a ton of fun uh, horror iconography. Uh, we so for more creepy stuff, actual creepy stuff, we watched together. We watched uh, Gretel and Hansel. Oh, that's uh, fun! The Oz Perkins movie from this year. She was nonplussed by it. She's not, Here's not what's really actually funny. Good. I mean, it's pretty slow, right? Yeah, it has a lot of creepy stuff. She, yeah, she was kind of not into it. Here's what's funny. So, Peter, we debate. I debated with her because I did like a common sense media search of like horror movies and then like, you know, without like sex or rape or sexual violence or stuff. But like we're still creepy. I didn't care about like swearing or gore. Um, and I told her that this one might have blood in it and it didn't have that much blood. And she told me she was very disappointed. She said, I thought you said we were going to watch a grown up movie with blood. So, uh, but I also showed her. I made. I let her choose between this and Before I Wake, the Mike Flanagan movie, which I'd never seen. Um, and at ten thirty at night, she came up and she said, "Dad, I'm too scared to go to bed." And, <laughs> and I said, "And I said why?" She goes, "Cause the k- kid whose dreams come to life from the preview of Before I Wake that she opted not to watch as it didn't look scary enough." so i told i told her well you're never watching that movie she goes no i'm just kidding i wanted to get out of bed sorry I'll, we can watch it we can watch it and she went back to bed and i didn't have a problem so okay so this is something that i experienced with my cousins where i finally showed them on uh, the living dead in yeah. the first 10 minutes uh they acted bored and laughing at the zombies and everything and then i look at them 45 minutes in and they've got the, like the blanket pulled up to their chin and they're like actually terrified and then like a couple days later my aunt was like so did you have to show them the <laughs> A horrific fucking gory zombie movie, and I was like, <laughs> "Sorry, <laughs> like they they said they'd seen other horror. They movies. said they were fine. They said what, they were fine. Just a kid. <laughs> they were laughing. I don't know. It seemed, they seemed said like, they could have as much candy as they wanted. <laughs> I, I thought I would be more concerned about me being mad that they laughed all the way through one of the greatest horror movies of all time. But you know, I kept my lips shut, and they eventually turned around." Here's the thing. I didn't really buy it because she's at that age that she comes out 10 times because she needs to ask me a question or forgot something. Um, so I wasn't quite buying it. And she never mentioned it again. Um, so we'll see. Um, I don't. I felt like that was. But I mean, she watched the others and was fine. Anyways, uh, 
so in looking for another one of those on uh, Halloween day, we ended up settling on Cat's Eye. I actually, like, I was going to – the preview for the, the sequel to 47 Meters Down looks kind of fun. And I thought, like, oh, sharks eating people. That'll be good and scary for her. Um, but she wanted to watch Cat's Eye, which she, which she was super into. But I will say, Peter, we were texting during it. And we had just finished the second story, The Ledge. And you said the third one might be scary for her, which is about the little monster attacking the girl. And I told her, like, okay, well, this next one might be scary. And she wanted to let you know that it was not scary at all. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the only one that's, like, relatable for her. She's not a smoker, as far as I know. Um, No, I had to explain a lot about smoking to her in that segment. And then she's not a a, uh, philanderer, as far as I can tell. Um, so. she is stuck at home. I feel like we know at this point. Um, I did have to roll. So I feel like the third one is the only one that was like very relatable and also hits kids where they're vulnerable, which is like you're laying in bed at night and you see a weird shadow in your cor- in the corner of the room. She, another one. She was disappointed that I said there could, according to Common Sense Media, there was a little bit of gore. There was essentially no gore or blood. And she was very disappointed that that did not materialize. So at some point, I guess, I don't know, I'm going to show her the Evil Dead remake and just be like, okay, let's see. You want you want some blood? Um, Please, sir, can I have some blood? And then you open up the floodgates. You blow yeah, open the levees. Literally. literally. Um, yeah, so uh, those are, oh, we watched uh, Bava's Planet of the Vampires, which she was kind of bored by, but so was I. So that is... It's kind of boring, but we should watch it. We should cover that for Star Trek when we start getting into Star Trek riffs. Yeah. Because it is a straight up Star Trek riff. 100% Star Trek riffs, yeah. But it's almost Starship Troopers, too, because all of them are just space fascists. So it's yeah. like space fascists versus space vampires, which makes it sound a lot more fun than it is. So I'm going to go through the rest really quick. So I did a little Val Luton trilogy where you, I watched. Did you have a Luton Tootin good time? I had a Luton. Luton's one of my favorite. Luton, more like. Scootin' to see the next Luton. Yeah. More like uh, Val, he's my pal. Nah. Um, but I watched, uh, and two of them were Karloff, Isle of the Dead, and uh, The Body Snatcher, and then uh, Curse of the Cat People, and all were pretty great. Curse of the uh, Cat nothing- People is kind of like almost almost not a horror movie. Almost not. Uh, horror. Once you get over that, that it's like basically like a Christmas movie. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's still, they got a spooky ghost, right? We're not going to go down that road. I'm not saying it's not. I'm not. I'm a big tent horror guy, especially for Spooktober. But I remember watching it, and and after I adjusted to the fact that it's basically not a horror movie, it's just another story Val Luton wanted to tell. And I was like, yeah. oh wait, actually, this is really good and magical. <laughs> I will say I've seen a lot of Val Luton in movies at this point, and they always usually get four stars. But I'm now convinced, especially after watching some big recommendations like Leopard Man and I Walked with the Zombie, that like. I started with Cat People, and, like, I'm not going to see a better one than Cat People. I think uh, Curse of the Demon. Oh, Curse of the Demon's great. Yeah. I forgot that was a Luton joint. Yeah, that and, and Cat People are the, the top of the pops from what I've seen. Um, but uh, uh, Body Snatchers is so Snatchers great. fucking good. It's also one of those those old-timey, like, RKO, uh, you know, like, horror pictures where <laughs> right as soon as you're like, you're like, 
oh man, things are starting to pick up. Then there's just the 20 minute climax because it's like 75 minutes. (laughs) I know. Uh, Oh, finally we're getting this. Oh, this is the denouncement. A couple other ones I did mention. I bought the Friday the 13th box set and I end up watching uh, three, four and five for the first time. Uh, Four is uh, one of the best in the trilogy. So three stars. Um, <laughs> these movies aren't that good I like I get something from them and I like the idea of watching them all and the box set is really cool but like I I don't think there's going to be a better one than Jason X um, so I, I know, like well, one for Jason X and then I was like I don't need to check out the rest of them but I'm yeah, curious two, where you land because you seem to be even good. harsher than I am yeah three is the worst one I've seen so far um <laughs> and I sent Peter a video of why, and that I I recognized how important the physicality of the person playing Jason is based on a scene that was so funny I was doubled over with laughter. Um, and then sent Peter and Ryan a video of what was going on. I'm like, oh, this is why you need a. This is why Kane Hodder was like that guy plays Jason well. And I was always like, how hard is it to play Jason? And then I see Friday the 13th Part 3, which where Jason is played like a lazy uh, lazy gas station attendant that doesn't want to go back to work after a smoke break. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, I get it. Like, you can't just have a guy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's less like... It's it, it's not lumbering in a sort of uh, menacing zombie-like fashion. It's lumbering in like a... Uh, shit, my goddamn oh. corns are killing me. Oh, two hours left. All right, well, one last drag. Let me throw it to the ground. <laughs> no, let me walk back up here. I mean, the- in some ways, it's more realistic. I mean, he's been at it for a while. But the whole point is, like, the reason I like Friday the 13th Part 2 is that the Jason, like, he's, like, this super fast, like, almost, like, manic person who is, like, you he's know. like a Leatherface been- figure, almost. Yeah, he's been like, yeah, exactly. And, and that like, takes a toll a cool, on your body. <laughs> it's, it's a cool portrayal. Uh, uh, I watched Dead at Night, which Peter already talked about in a previous episode, but which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, maybe one of the best wraparound um, segments in an anthology horror movie. I'm trying to, off the top of my head, I'm having trouble thinking of a better one. But uh, the whole thing was great, and like the story is all rolled up into it. And it's essentially the first anthology horror movie, too, from 1944. Uh, fantastic. I watched The Craft for the first time, which is a lot of fun, and then I watched that because I'm like, I'm gonna watch the sequel to The Craft. Craft And then I heard the sequel is not very good. So I didn't watch that, but I'm glad I watched The Craft. Uh, in addition to Planet of the Vampires for my Bava, I watched Bay of Blood, which was (laughs) okay until the amazing ending, where I think he's flipping off everyone in a very funny way. Uh, but I will say I started with two great Bavas. I loved Black Sabbath and Black Sunday. Um, and I, Planet of the Vampires and Bay of Blood was a step down from that. So I'm only going to watch his movies that are specifically referenced to Sabbath and, uh, and the color black. Uh, wait, have you seen, um, Hatchet for the Honeymoon yet? No. That one's good. 
You should Is get it? that one, and you should watch that next year. It's really cool. Yeah, I, I mean, I love Blood and Black Lace, but there you go, Black again. <laughs> I added Blood and Black Lace to my list this year, and then I saw that I had watched it in a previous year. <laughs> yeah, you recommended it to me. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, that's one I haven't seen yet, and then yeah. So I like uh, I, I, I like I like Baba, um, but there's definitely like a a, to- a cream of the crop, and then there's just like a fatty milk of the top. <laughs> so sticking with some older ones I watched that I love quite a bit, I watched The Quartermass Experiment, which you're right, very Lovecraftian. Holy shit, that ending is fantastic. A um, couple found footage ones that I enjoyed. Uh, so I watched The Poughkeepsie Tapes, which was the one I was saying like, oh man, I don't know if I can do this. And I waited till the last week and I almost didn't watch it. And I'm like, no, I talked about it on the podcast that I'm finally going to work up enough bravery to watch this fucking movie. And I was dying laughing for a good chunk of the movie. And here's why. So the movie, the what happened was it was about, uh, it was a found footage movie about the serial killer. And the idea is it's a setup where they find these tapes that tell the story of how Uh, how dangerous the serial killer is. And it was supposed to be relatively brutal. It gets pulled from release in 2007 after it appears on previews, disappears, shows up on one streaming service in 2014 for like two weeks, and then it gets pulled down. So there's like a myth around it, and there's definitely like crappy versions being traded online. And there's a couple scenes that in a vacuum are extremely creepy, and it it is about like a shitty person who ties up and brutalizes children. And women and stuff like that. However, here's what I would say. Almost all of the violence is implied. It does not happen on screen. It is not hostile. It shows him, like, coming up to a, like, uh, great uh, a Girl Scout and being like, yeah, why don't you, why, what's wrong talking to strangers and stuff like that? And the camera cuts out and has a talking head talking about, like, eating cookies. You know, they, they found, you know, yeah, you know, they about what happened to her and stuff like that, which is not, not creepy, right? Like the first 20 minutes I was like, Oh, this is, this is unnerving. Here's where they made a, 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 what I would say a a pretty giant error error. Uh, the killer is a, is a theater nerd. (laughs) Instead of like a, like a Buffalo bill, creepy soft-spoken he is like an over-the-top wears like renaissance gear and yells like yes you like that don't you like in like and and he's a bad actor the person doing it too like a theater nerd for example just throwing it out there um and so it is uh so ridiculous that i don't know how to be scared and then once i like tapped into what this guy was doing like uh, and, like, he, he has him, like, go up into people's cars, and he's like, you thought I was a cab driver, didn't you? Now, why would you think I was a cab? And it's just like, what? what is this? This is the worst <laughs> thing I've ever seen in my life. And then also, it makes a major plot point around that they execute an innocent man for his killer because of 9-11 distracting everyone. And... I took a clip of this as well and sent it to Peter, and I've probably watched it a hundred (laughs) times. I don't know how to share it with everyone, but it is, it, it, Peter, I think, would you, like, it feels like a parody of something, right? Like that clip? 
Yeah, yeah. Essentially, someone paraphrases the Tobias Funke joke. Well, I don't want to blame it all on 9-11, but... Well, you guys (laughs) sent it to me without any of this context. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It it seemed like totally legit. Like, oh, yeah, that that sounds like some crappy documentary. Like... But it was like 10 minutes of them like 9-11 really fucked us in relation to this other specific thing. And then you have this guy like wearing like, I don't even know what you call them, those long nose like theater masks. And he's like, I now be a mime to his It's just like, is this supposed to be scary? So I feel like it's a movie that its reputation is like a banned film that no one would release added to it. And then it did like after 20 minutes of. Once it played its hand, its hand was goofy, not scary. But anyways, uh, I I would watch it for the 9-11 stuff. Uh, I highly recommend it. (laughs) Um, So I watched, in my attempt to watch a good uh, found footage alien movie, I watched the Phoenix Tapes 97, which was not all that good. Um, It was definitely better than the other one I watched, the Phoenix Incident. But like still like two stars, right? Now this led me to... The same director had these movies on Amazon that got much better reviews called The Blackwell Ghost, which I guess they've now made five movies of in the last four years. Peter, have you heard of these? No, of that's this? crazy. You, you, about this? you about this Blackwell you heard, Ghost? You heard about this Blackwell Ghost? You about this? So here's what's weird about these, and I don't mean this in a, like, it is set up as, as not a found footage movie but a documentary it is like the main person in it he is like the director plays himself his wife wife plays himself whatever and like uh, it's not it's obviously not real especially part of the escalating of the second stuff but he is clearly a talented filmmaker and the fact that he's not especially the first one's better than the second one but the fact in the first one that he is making it like he is a ghost hunter staying at the house and putting cameras up but like doesn't need any of the hollywood moments leads to some really subtle horror that uh actually creeps you out so like i do think the kind of like apparently from there he moved on to going to other quote-unquote haunted houses but i would say the process oriented nature of the first one as being not just a like a a found footage movie or a fake documentary, but this guy is like trying to be like, no, this is a documentary and I am actually filming it. And he, he's kind of sticks to that bit, um, which is kind of lame and dumb, but it made a very interesting first movie. And then the second one, I wasn't that uh, into because it, it does a sequel thing of going bigger, uh, which was a mistake for why I liked the first one. Uh, watched a couple of masters of horror. I watched a uh, family, Cigarette Burns and uh, Deer Woman, uh, which were all pretty good. Um, Cigarette Burns, obviously the cream of the crop there, but Family is something else. I don't know why I missed that one. Um, I'm Family I'm, is so fun. Yeah, it is. Has a great Twilight Zone twist at the end. Um, all right, I'm gonna go through a couple really quick, and then I just want to name some cream of the crops. I watch Killer Legends, which is the follow-up documentary from the people that made Cropsy, which is fine. Relic, which is a recent movie that is like sad horror um, that still has some good creepy moments. Um, not that is actually a better movie, not in a horrorthon, but like how to spend a Thursday night. Uh, the Brain, which was a ton of fun '80s gore fest with the with the evil doctor from Reanimator. 
Uh, I said to Peter, it's the best movie Larry Cohen never made because it has that same sort of like ethos and energy. Uh, and then, uh, 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 oh, Snatchers, which was a fun action horror movie. Norai the Curse, which I think Peter already talked about, oh, yeah. which is a f- oh, fun Japanese uh, horror movie. I'm going to talk about a few of my favorites, though, and then I will wrap up. So I watched a movie called Baby Blood, which, uh, Peter, have you seen Prevenge? Uh, yes, yes. Love Prevenge. It's great. So this feels like an earlier, this from 92, it's from France. It is only available on Blu-ray, one of those Kino release things where you can't get on streaming. I'd heard a lot of amazing things about it and decided to pick it up last year and saved it for this year. And it was a five-star movie through and through. I loved it so much. This idea of this kind of like demon who had been infesting animals um, eventually like infest this person and is talking to her. Uh, throughout about like that he needs to feed on blood which is very like prevengy but like it goes to weirder darker and sadder places um and has more of a lovecraftian vibe and has some amazing like scary gore effects it feels like an inverse of possession in a weird way where instead of like um the monster affecting this person on the outside it's literally affecting them on the inside um, and has the same like level of performance and stuff and and horror sequences so cannot i wish it was easier to watch but cannot recommend baby blood enough one of my five baggers uh invisible man was a five bagger i don't need to dwell on that one fantastic movie a uh, baccarat was a five bagger another fantastic movie that i think peter you spoke a little about last time recent oh, yeah. Um, fan like just just a and I actually watched Baby Blood, Invisible Man, and Baccarat within a three night period in the my uh, the last weekend leading up to to Spooktober. So it really had my energy like, oh man, I'm really hitting some great stuff. I can't wait to keep going. Uh, uh, Tetsuo, Tetsuo, yeah, Tetsuo the Iron Man, yeah, which the was a real late- Iron Man. Yeah, so this was a late... Someone called it... I saw someone give a review on it online of 10 out of 10 as one of their Spooktober watches. And I texted Peter when I saw he had given it a great review. Like, oh, is this good? And and Peter was like, yeah, fuck, dude, watch it. And fuck, dude, I did watch it. (laughs) Fuck, dude, it is... Fuck, I watched the shit out of that bitch. I watched the fucking <laughs> shit out of. Imagine if that was the, what this podcast was like. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, dude, I fucking watched the yeah, shit bro. out of it, bro. Bro, you seen Tetsuo the Iron Man? Holy shit! <laughs> He's all like, oh, my dick's a, a drill now. Fuck, oh, dick, drill dick. Man. Holy fuck. Um, but yeah, he changes into a metal man. Literally, like, like not. Yeah, it is. It's not even a spoiler. It happens like the opening scene is him cutting up his leg and shoving an iron bar into it. Uh, It is fucking amazing. I'm not I'm going to watch it 10 more times and decide what it's about. But um, (laughs) it is so good. And I really want to see the apparently the next sequel is fantastic as well. But I I think it switched stuff up. So after I hit 100, which was perfect blue, which Peter also already talked about. Uh, which was fantastic. And yeah, Peter, one of those were like halfway through, I'm like, how is this a horror movie? And then by the end, I'm like, oh man, this is a horror movie. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, uh, definitely cannot wait to see more movies by him. I have a Millennium Actress and Paprika waiting for me in the wings. But 
Uh, but yeah, per- uh, Perfect Loose, fantastic. But I decided I'd actually just been told of this movie called uh, Spontaneous, which I almost watched for a hundred. But I was so in- into the concept that that I kind of stayed up for it and watched it at one hundred and one, and then wrapped up with Family, which I'd also heard some good things about. But uh, Spontaneous, I think it may be one of my best movies of 2020. It just came out a few weeks ago. Supposed to go to theaters. Released by Paramount. It is. Um, it's a. It's a horror movie. It has one of the most like horrific sequences. I think I saw all Spooktober out of 102 movies. But it's also a like uh, romance. It's a high school movie. It's a comedy. It is one of those like it, it's. It's truly like. But on top of that, it also like. Even though it wasn't, it, it it's not this. It's it's the movie that feels most like what the last eight months have felt like being in a pandemic than any other movie I'd seen. Um, and it was yeah, it is so good. I cannot even if you're sick of horror, um, I cannot recommend highly enough. Essentially, the pitch is that one day at school, uh, a, one of the kids explodes, spontaneous combustion. Um, these things happen uh yeah and they and that just starts happening and so now you're living in a world where sometimes people just explode and all the attempts to fight that and stop that and figure out why it's happening set against the backdrop of a high school where people are supposed to go on and like get done with their senior year and move on from that and god damn it it is so so good um it even survives having what feels like a studio ending where the main character gives a speech wrapping up everything, <laughs> which is so goddamn bad. But uh, take away that last 60 second speech. It's still a five bagger for me. Um, and yeah, cannot recommend it highly enough, even if you're are, are done with watching horror movies for a little bit. Um, so, yeah, that is a ton of movies. Peter. What did you watch in this what crazy little, little month called Spooktober? So let me jump on uh, a movie you talked about, uh, Tetsuo the Iron Man. Um, yeah. What's kind of fun is look up the director as an actor, Shinya Tsukamoto, um, and you'll see that he's in a few movies that you've seen. Uh, Ichi the Killer, he's like a main character in Ichi the Killer, Shin Godzilla, uh, Martin Scorsese's Silence. Um, I haven't seen Ichi the Killer, but... Oh, you haven't seen Ichi the Killer? No. Watch it this year. It's great. Um, but uh, he's also the lead in a movie I watched this month called Marabito. So actually, let me start with movies I didn't like this month. Yeah. <laughs> and let me just go through the few that I, I wasn't a big fan of um, and get him out of the way. <clears throat> Marabito, wasn't a big fan of it. It's actually a movie he made uh, between filming. He had like an eight-day reprieve between making like the, the uh, Juan movies, uh, the director of the movie, uh, not uh, Sukumoto, but the director of the movie. Uh, he had a reprieve between making the Juan the Grudge movies. And uh, he was like, I'm going to make a movie in eight days, which sounds awesome. And it also sounds awesome when you see that it's like inspired by like weird, weird fiction and Lovecraft. Uh, pretty bad. Um, not a fan of it. Um, turns out you, you need more than eight days to make a movie. Um, or I at least a drill dick. Yeah, or at least a drill dick. Uh, another big disappointment for me was The Canal, uh, which turned out to be pretty misogynistic and awful. Um, oh, no. I don't yeah. remember that. I 
I apparently I gave this four and a half stars and write, read a, wrote a good review of it. And when Peter said, should I watch this? It looks like you liked it. I said, no, nah, it's not very good. And then he showed me my review and my star rating. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe it's good. How do you like them apples? <laughs> but I guess I, I think I had the last laugh that I was right, Peter. That's why you shouldn't always rate things right after you see them. Because I feel like the ending was really surprising. And I probably it is, wrote it is a really good scary ending. Yeah, and I feel like that's the part, only part I remember. And I remember yeah. going, wow, and going to bed. It's kind of a, an apologia for abusive husbands. But anyways, um, the long weekend is oh, also no! one, one I wasn't a big fan of. Uh, also kind of an apologia for abusive husbands. It's actually more of a um, an anti-abortion. Like the Billy Wilder movie? No, not the drinking long weekend. The Australian movie about a uh, couple versus nature. Um, oh. So... The suburban couple goes out in nature and, and, it, and it turns on them for their transgressions. So it's, it's like, almost alcoholism like alcoholism can be a horror, but I don't know <laughs> if it counts. So I wasn't a big fan of Long Weekend. It was uh, just one of those experiences where like you get an hour into the movie and you're like, I think this movie's politics are toxic. <laughs> Apparently, uh, it's not just a drama about a family falling apart. It also doesn't like abortion. Um so, uh, other ones I didn't really care for this month. Um, Aaron, I'm sorry to say, didn't like Alien Abduction kind of at all? Yeah, I know. I saw your review. I kept, like, here's what I'll say to you, Peter. I said very Here's what I'll say to you, motherfucker. <laughs> here's what I'm going to say to you. How many times did I repeat? Don't expect high art. Don't expect it to be original. Don't expect it to any of the actors to be good. But it's got some really good spooky sequences if you just need a movie that's going to have some good spooks. And your review is like, this has bad actors and not original. (laughs) Yeah, I know. But I think it got to the point where it felt fake enough that I couldn't care about anyone. What about that tunnel sequence, though? Yeah, it's got a really good sequence, but that's in the first, like, 20 minutes. And then I like the I like that there's like a weird ending twist, but it also is kind of a little too cruel for me. Um, one I didn't like, but I feel kind of bad Sorry about that saying. Aliens didn't uh, positively re- reinforce everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so one I didn't really like, but I uh, feel kind of disappointed about um, is uh, Satan's Slave, the original Satan's Slave, uh, Indonesian horror movie. Um. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't a fan of the original movie. I'm guessing like it's cultural. Oh, is the other one a remake? It's sort of a remake sequel thing. It's pretty loose. It, it's pretty loose, I would say. Um, but the original movie is like uh, what makes it interesting is that it's essentially like a haunted house, a haunting movie. But instead wow. of Christ being the delivery device for their salvation, um, it's Allah, and so that's kind of interesting, like in an, in a almost a novelty fashion. But once that sort of like once that sort of cult that that cultural appreciation wears off, and it just becomes a sort of rote horror movie um it it it's not that it's not that uh interesting uh i liked it better certainly than uh books of blood which i i quite quite very much disliked uh but as it's an adaptation of uh the best clive the, one of the best horror anthologies of all time i have to watch it um because it's an anthology horror movie and i have to watch them all so um it's bad um, I'm doing this as a service for everyone. Uh, some anthology horror movies that are actually good. 
I watched uh, Monster Club, which was very fun, which is like a late Vincent Price thing. Um, it's not scary at all. It's like consciously very silly. It's like that year of Vincent Price going into the 80s. And there's all these like 80s bangle style bands playing songs between the anthology shorts, which is just very funny to me. Um and uh let's see did i watch any other anthologies oh yeah we did one i forgot to mention mortuary collection did we already talk about that oh i I talked about last week but yeah mortuary collection too because we watched it the same day never yeah yeah mortuary collection is amazing that's that is the best uh anthology i've seen in in years uh let me jump off of anthologies to a couple movies that were very similar uh hole in the ground and relic um oh did you end up watching relic yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I I liked both of them, but they are very much of that sort of like prestige horror eight twenty four thing where they're largely just kind of a sad drama for the first sixty minutes, yeah. an effective drama, yeah. a, a very uh, palatable drama with great performances, but it's you know it's just kind of a sad drama. It doesn't really mix in well in a month like this unless you watch something really, like a bunch of really kooky stuff to warm up to it. Um, but some, both of the movies have an amazing strength in that I think the last 20 minutes of both of them is amazing because they show they show what the, the ultimate goal was in making the movie. And both of them have highly original sort of visions uh, mm-hmm. in the end, which is not what I expected at all. I expected Relic. Once once I reached a certain point in Relic, I was like, I've seen this movie before. Um, and I hadn't. And same thing with Hole in the Ground. I was like... Definitely seen this movie before. It's kind of a it's kind of a Baba Duck riff thing. Uh, no, the last twenty minutes are way crazier and totally lead me to uh, lead me to understand why he was handpicked by Rob Tapper, Bruce Campbell, and Sam Raimi to uh, direct Lee Cronin to direct uh, the next Evil Dead movie. Yeah, and I like that. Uh, I like the relics got some like House of Leaves shit, where all of a sudden there's rooms in space that don't really exist. It doesn't make um, yeah, like the, the 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 geography of the house no longer makes sense, which is so cool. Yeah, um, it's just, like I said, it's it's probably the only movie I watched that I just watched it at the wrong time. Like, I gave it four stars. I really liked it. I feel like if I would watched it earlier in the month or outside of Spooktober, I would have been more appreciative and, like, sat in it a little more as opposed to, like, in the last four days when I was I, – I probably needed something with a little more energy. And I watched some great movies in the last four days that I gave five stars to and I'm going to return to. Yeah. It was just a bad placement for me personally. Yeah. So let me let me uh, actually take a step back. Um, the movies that I wanted The Canal to be and, uh, you know, other, other certain sort of spooky movies that have fallen flat for me recently mm-hmm. – um, Oculus ended up being that. Um, that. O- Oculus is is super good. I actually turned it off uh, a bunch of years ago because um, I was like, eh. I, at the time, I was very um, cynical. What about am I in a, what am I in a doctor's office? Oculus. <laughs> it's a science medical I you could, term. I guess you could say that there was a rift between Oculus and me because of the <laughs> VR platform. Oculus yeah, Rift. Uh, but yeah, Oculus. Uh, I'm going to be closing my Oculus to this film. Um, but the the I watched it uh, about a decade ago or whenever it came out. I watched the first 30 minutes on Netflix, got bored, turned it off. I watched it this time and I loved it. It was great. It also, it's one of those movies that I think Mike Flanagan is a filmmaker that like follows a lot of similar themes in his career. This one feels like a sort of a precursor to what he did with Hunting of Hill House. So definitely recommended on that that front. 
Um, and then uh, while we're talking about like haunted house stuff, uh, I watched both uh, May the Devil Take You and uh, May the Devil Take You Two. Uh, so May the Devil Take You Two. You already said be- that you watched May the Devil Take You. Yeah. So this one is even better. So I tried to kind of open the month and close the month with uh, this series. So you uh, watched it twice. Sort of a framing. So uh, I took I I, I uh, watched Never. May the Devil Take You. Mm-hmm. And then in a separate thought, I watched Made the Devil Take You 2. Okay, so how many movies are you counting that for? I, I Two new watches, Aaron. Yeah, but it, it only counts the first time you watch it. So you watch the Made the Devil Take You, and then you watch Made the Devil Take You as well. And so one watch. No, 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 you're not getting it. I watched Made the Devil Take You. Okay. And then as well, I watched May the Devil Take You Too. To where? Uh, to, to hell, presumably, I'm guessing. Well, did you watch the movie or not? Now I'm suspicious you watched it. Would you want me to spoil once? the movie? You're asking me where the I, devil I, takes him. Do uh, you want to you want to see you want to see where uh, where this lady gets taken? Alfie? Oh, spoilers. It's a lady. Why don't you, well, why don't you, why don't you watch the movie if you want to see where the devil t- gets t- gets uh, takes you? Yeah, it's uh, one of them. I, I actually have that and the sequel on on my watch list for next year. May the devil take you, and then may the devil take you. T O O. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Is it good? I, I haven't either. It's only October twenty twenty one. Where does the devil take you to? And devil take you to? <laughs> Guys, I just want to be clear. Spoil it. It's him. not great. <laughs> um, I'm not talking about so the devil too. I'm saying probably to a place with no social distancing and mask wearing. Do you think the devil? Welcome to Texas. Sorry. (laughs) Welcome to North Dakota. Do you think the devil takes you to, as in, like, uh, to Texas? Maybe. And and Akon would say, "I will take you there. I will take you there." You know, he's more. It's more of like a, "I'm gonna gather you up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take you in my arms," kind of a thing take you there and like the journey does, is does whatever journey your heart dot, goes dot, on dot. does it have like may the devil take you to dot 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 ellipses uh, no the movie's not and then like that the implication is the, the movie is not subtle enough for being passive aggressive I mean hell uh, may the devil take you to so I guess the spoiler the is that the devil did not take them in the first one um to find them, you have to watch the first movie and the second movie to find out who survives, who doesn't survive, all that. Uh, anyways, uh, this director, Timo Tahanto, I think is how you pronounce his name. That's as, that's as good as, good as I think I can get um, right now, unfortunately. Um, he's uh, one of these guys I'm following very closely because I love all of his shit. Um, he's also like a, an action movie director. And uh, yeah, I think you should watch the first movie on Netflix and the sequel is a Shudder original um, for whatever reason. Uh, the bidding war um, happened and Netflix paid a bunch of money for the first movie and now it's stuck there forever. And then uh, Shudder paid a bunch of money for the sequel. So uh, yeah, um, very, very fun haunted house movies. Um, now let, let, let's do a quick sort of mop up on some other ones. Uh, Escape Room was, you know, fun, clever enough. Uh, Blood Quantum, super fun in a, um, Blood Quantum was, it was super fun just seeing that sort of setting and that cast, but it has 
it's fairly sizable script problems. Definitely still watching um, because it's about uh, it, it's about uh, Micmac uh, indigenous folks, First Nation peoples in Canada. They uh, suffer a zombie apocalypse, but they are immune to bites. So uh, they're immune to the actual virus portion. So they start to carry this like extra weight uh, in society. It's a really cool uh it's a, it's a really cool like take on zombie movies but uh, unfortunately the plotting gets kind of bad um gothic was like a cool uh you know ken russell movie i hadn't seen it's a, it's a ken Ru- russell movie it's a live wire it's wild um and then i saw a few different uh really fun kind of um hammer <clears throat> hammer era movies vampire circus there's a circus with vampires they're all kind of unique vampires which is kind of cool it's not just all strictly uh you know fang fang types it's um, kind of cool peter that if you have kids that ever watch that movie the part that they'll find unrealistic is the circus <laughs> <laughs> i say that as a good thing yeah. um, but I'm, I'm reading a book to my daughter which is called put me in the zoo and his ending it's like a Dr. Seuss type book. Oh, I know it. Um, I'm, she loves I'm it. very and familiar. The ending of this. This is the, you are familiar this is the same child that watches the horror movies because it uh, doesn't connect. Well, El- Elliot reads it now. I mean, Maya has other interests. I was going to say. Maya, I'm just gonna say, Maya but, can't But the ending that. of this is that he doesn't belong in the zoo after he shows all the tricks he can do because it's the circus is the place for him and then at the end he's a happy animal performing at the circus and they don't understand the ending they understand zoo but they don't they don't get what a circus is yeah i mean you don't take if you don't take your kids to the circus it's just going to be a scary thing in horror movies uh yeah other sort of over-the-plate stuff that I liked. Uh, extraordinary. Very cute. Funny. Not, like, going to light up your life like, um, say, a... a um, uh, 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 what, what we do in the shadows or something. But, you know, it, it's, it's, it's very cute and charming. Uh, eating Raul. Also, uh, fun, light, breezy comedy. Very yeah, wholesome and charming. Great. Yeah, very wholesome and charming. I watched Corman's World, the documentary about Roger Corman. Um, great ultimately not super like enlightening like i think i knew probably most of the information in it but it was just nice to get to spend time with roger um he's just an interesting figure uh it's 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 a movie that's made to also add five movies to your watch list at the end yes yes it's it's uh it's movie porn it's it's similar to the the osploitation movie or that filipino one it was machete maidens like you watch it you're like you're like i gotta go watch all these canon movies i gotta watch these filipino slasher movies like you just kind of the list gets longer uh final destination 2 uh huge step down from the first one which i also watched the first movie is a actually solid movie with good plotting and like the cast is really charming and has like dramatic stakes and like it feels like a real movie the second one is like a cheap cash in for sure but it has like way more insane kills like the kills are way wilder and like if you're gonna sacrifice character, I'm glad that they pumped up the ridiculousness yeah. factor, which is kind of what they did in the Saw franchise, and it never worked. Um, but it worked here. So, yeah, that's fun. Yeah, I like to... Three goes too far in that direction. Four falls off a cliff. And then five is like, oh, what if we make the characters likable? <laughs> <laughs> Um, five yeah. is my favorite. Yeah, Third I'll probably yeah. I'll, I'll 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 finish the series out because I now I own all of them. <laughs> um, but uh, 
What else was I watched House of Wax with Vincent Price, um, which was great. It was a great. Uh, I, I thought I was running out of like great horror from Vincent Price because I've watched so many of them in Spooktober's past. They're kind of like the fucking fuel that my Spooktober's have been running on the past few years because they're short. Vincent Price can make any bad scene fun. Yeah, <clears throat> and uh, this one was awesome. Uh, has, has they're WB also money. a perfect like uh, afternoon movie, right? Like. I, I I want it's Saturday afternoon. I have time for a couple movies. I don't want to watch the spookiest of spookies. I just want something fun and enjoyable. Yes, yes, that's that's very true. Um, but yeah, now that we got those out in the way, let's talk about the ones that I like really liked. Um, yeah. really liked uh, to the devil a daughter. It's considered sort of middling or, or a lower end hammer, but this is really fun um, and uh, really kooky and insane. It's sort of hammer trying to hammer their way into a new era. It's not totally successful, but it, t- it, it hits all my buttons. All the, all the lights go off and I love it. I'm glad the devil's getting a daughter. Maybe that guy will chill out. Yeah. You know, antichrists are a little bit too, I think, um, problematic in this day and this age. This guy won't stop taking people places. Yeah. Finally, maybe a, maybe a kid will keep him planted. Yeah, maybe. Tie him down. <laughs> the devil's like in a, in a press junket. He's like, that's the father of a daughter. Uh, I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No, the devil's using that quite a lot to like be like, look, yes, I'm voting for Kavanaugh. But... <laughs> As the father of a daughter, recently, it happened recently, but someone gave me their daughter, um, forcibly. But yeah, I think that guy just likes beer. He just, the devil just likes beer, and he just happened to make a daughter. Who I think is unironically worse than the devil. (laughs) Well, the capital of being real is is a huge factor, I think. Um... I'm saying even if even if the devil's real, <laughs> yeah, gonna give it to Kavanaugh. Still gonna throw it. Still gonna throw it to Kavanaugh. Um, so let me let me wrap up my last few ones that I feel very strongly about. Um, uh, things, which is a Canadian horror movie, and it is it, it it earns its reputation as sort of Canada's answer to Plan Nine from Outer Space. Like it makes no <laughs> fucking sense. It is so dumb. It's on Amazon Prime right now. Please watch it. Like, if you need, like, one bad movie to watch, I'm usually not, like, a huge, like, these days I don't watch, really waste my time with those kind of movies. This one is just, like, it feels like Aliens made it. Like, it felt like, it it, it, it felt like the language it was speaking was not our own. And I don't mean because the guys uh, bend their vowels funny because they're Canadian. (laughs) Um, And then uh, another one I quite loved was Cam. Uh, Cam was awesome. I I put it off for a long time because I thought it was going to be really like uh, sex negative. And I thought it was going to be like a movie that's uh, critical of sex workers. Uh, It's remarkably a positive uh, movie that takes place in the the, the sort of cam girl world, uh, so to speak. It's remarkably positive, which is great. Um, A movie that I've never actually seen. Uh, I've only seen like bits and pieces of on on TV when I was a kid, like a young kid, uh, and I thought looked stupid. Uh, is the Frighteners? Um, the Frighteners yeah. rules. Rules, Peter. I said it's that. rules. I could not believe that not only had you not seen the Frighteners um, in full, but like you thought it. Your memories of watching bits and it was that it sucked. Just because like the Frighteners was one of my like direct line movies, like. 
But I suppose I'm a little older. So I got into Peter Jackson pre Lord of the Rings. Like I discovered Dead Alive as part of my like high school trying to find other Evil Dead movies and then ended up watching Meet the Feebles and the Frighteners and other movies that he did. Heavenly Creatures too, but that's kind of a different type of movie. Um but I suppose uh, I suppose you were a little bit too young for that. I was probably at the time where I would have I, I was rejecting silly things because I thought they were they were too kiddie. And so uh, I mean, you know how it it, it is when you see like a bit of something when you're a kid and it's sort of ingrained in you, and you're like you're like, isn't that movie terrible? And then you realize you're like, well, I was terrible. I was an eight year old. Um, so yeah, that this this one was uh, surprising on every level. The direction is... Wait, hold on. So you rejected the R-rated The Frighteners at age eight for being too kiddie? Yeah, it's silly. (laughs) It's not really... And especially I watched it on TV, so, like, all the gore was cut out. It was just, like... It was just, like, these, like, very... uh, These Casper-ass-looking ghosts bomping around. Like, it wasn't, like... (laughs) It wasn't, like, particularly impressive from five-minute watches. At what age did you watch Tetsuo the Iron Man? <laughs> that I didn't see until a couple years ago, but I watched Ichi the Killer like at 13. At what point are we going to have your mother on the podcast? <laughs> she's a psychologist, too. Right? Yeah, I know. She, yeah, she, she knows what she's done to him. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've, I've met. Yeah, I mean, I know. I know his mom. She listened to a long rambling explanation of why we why I was at your wedding from me. Yeah. And the longer it goes, the more it sounds like you're lying. <laughs> We're swingers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we met on the internet, but it's totally cool. We like not, video games called Bloodborne. Not, not a sex thing. Not a sex thing. Not a sex thing. Not a sex thing. Um, right. My mom would be. My mom would probably be more understanding if she found it was a sex thing than if she found out uh, we were. Uh, we had found each other playing video games. Uh, made friends in an internet movie group that led to us talking about video games that led to yeah. us. Yeah. She'd be like, well, at least why not? She, yeah, you're satisfying, you know, a, 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 some deep-seated part of you that, you know, needs to be satisfied as opposed to whatever weird bullshit you, you're, <laughs> you're boring your wife with. Yeah, you, um, you're, uh, your, your mom probably came out of that conversation like, well, I failed as a parent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Aaron. No, everyone loved you. Um, I watched uh, La Llorona, which is, uh, it's very important you I watch the right one. Got, God, I almost got to that, Peter. I almost watched it in the last night. It seemed like I was going to run into a relic problem where I'm like, is this too sad and serious? Yes, it's it's sad and serious. Okay. It's better than okay. Relic, though. Um, it is uh, directed by Jero Bustamante. It came out in 2019. It's Guatemalan. Just all of, use that information to make sure you're watching the correct La Llorona because there's been like three in the past two years. Um, yeah, don't watch The Curse of La Llorona because if so, you've succumbed to The Curse of La Llorona, which is watching the wrong La Llorona movie. <laughs> Precisely. The curse is that every two years they're going to make a La Llorona movie and uh, uh, another La Llorona movie. And uh, guess what? Um, <laughs> maybe one of them is good. Uh, so... Uh, huge fan, uh, social horror, very much like it, it is about like the past coming back to haunt you. Uh, it's a super effective movie, just about a family of uh, fascist, well, family of fascists um, getting haunted by ghosts. And it is something that I 
deeply hope the Trump family uh, has their, uh, a Yorona after them soon. Um, the Quiet Family I watched, which I had seen Happiness of the Katakuris when I was like 14, which is the Takashi Miike very, very silly remake. I didn't know that Kim Ji-Woon had directed uh, a 1998 original. Uh, he's directed a bunch of movies I love. I Saw the Devil, Tale of Two Sisters, Good Band the Weird, A Bittersweet Life. Um, and he directed also this sort of like family horror comedy um in uh the quiet family um and it's uh it, it's it's one of those movies when it starts you're like maybe i didn't mean this to be a horror maybe this isn't a horror movie um and then you get like 20 or 30 minutes in it and it's a it is a kim ji woon thriller like it just escalates and escalates and escalates and it becomes like a pitch black comedy as opposed to just a, just something a little silly it's very fun it's very very fun um and then what did i let's see if i missed anything oh i this isn't really like a top of the list uh but i watched alice sweet alice and i wasn't much a fan um, but the kills in it are fucking grody in that early, in that seventies way where you're like, yeah. you're like, oh, this shot is just going. Oh, she's oh she's using a rock for this kill. Oh, oh wow! Like it, it's um it's ultimately like the t- melodrama is very specific to the person. This was not my my type of melodrama, unfortunately. Um, and uh, so I wasn't a fan. That was your last one? Could have could have ended on a more positive note. <laughs> oh, I, oh yeah. So I watched Perfect Blue as well. Perfect Blue oh. is an all timer, uh, I think yeah. for me. Um, Perfect Blue is uh, one of those movies I'm going to have to watch a few more times to unlock. It is one of the maybe three movies this month where I'm like, you know, Spooktober kind of kind of probably took something away from that. Um, I don't think that's generally true of Spooktober. I think actually yeah. watching something where you can appreciate how different it is from what you just watched is a good thing. This is a movie where I was like just watching it and just waiting for spooky moments probably uh, took some of the deeper thematic stuff away from me. But as a thriller, a psychological thriller experience, um, it's so good and it's gorgeously made. Like I'm going to watch all the Satoshi Kon movies I can now. But yeah, perfect blue. Yeah, it was it was really good, but I agree with you. I kind of regret watching it Halloween night only because I knew it was great, but it, w- it was weird. I basically watched two five-star movies in a row, row. One of them was perfect for the moment, and one of them I recognized that, like, I'm going to watch this again and process more of it as opposed to just being like um, – it does take a cer- – it's not like it takes a special movie in that it takes a better movie than other movies. But it does take a certain kind of movie, especially in that last week, to kind of shake you out of the um, spooky haze you're in after watching that many movies that many days in a row. And being like, okay, notice every moment of me. Spontaneous was that type of movie. Baccaroo was that type of movie. Invisible uh, Man was that type of movie. Baby Blood was that type of movie. Perfect Blue, I gave the same rating to as all those, but it was a much more like inward-facing, less showy movie, even if the animation and stuff was 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 gorgeous. And so like it was one of those ones I'm like, okay, I'm watching a masterpiece. I'm definitely going to have to circle back to this one though to fully appreciate it. 
Yeah, I, I purposely uh, stuffed my uh, the earlier part of my month with the Criterion movies, um, yeah. and then left more goopy monster movies for the end of the month, like the, or the Final Destination movies, where I, I wanted to run the whole series. I ended up not doing that because um, my wife scheduled a vacation, a very nicely scheduled a vacation for us in the last weekend of the month, which well, means... This is where the excuses come out. <laughs> which means well, I... I have a fantastic wife who took me to Palm Springs. That's why I didn't get hit 100 which uh, means I had only I, I was missing three days of spookage. I could have gotten all the spookage in. I mean, theoretically, you could have because I think we were all tied going into those last three days. Uh, yeah, Ryan I don't want to think about the it. The other one who who hit a hit a hundred former guests. I asked my wife if we could just bump that that trip to uh, the following weekend, and she was like, no, I found a house that I want to rent for that weekend, and we don't have Halloween plans, so this will be fun. And I'm like, oh, we an, don't. That's an argument that I cannot no. debate. She's like, hey, here's all these things that you love to do, and, so, I've, and I'm doing all the work. And I'm like, fine, I'll enjoy myself. This is true. So we planned a huge, we did a huge, like, indoor Halloween for my kids, right? Like, they both love Halloween, especially Maya. We didn't go trick-or-treating. We didn't get to do a lot of the fun stuff we typically do. So we had, like, a full day full of stuff, um, which was, like, we decorate. I bought all these decorations from Amazon, like, these, like, we so we hung up spider webs and bats and skeletons and pumpkins inside. And we played a bunch of, like, games. And then they... They dressed up in costumes, and I did too, and we went trick-or-treating through our house, which was like, they went to all the doors and would knock, and then Shauna was there to give them candy, and the last room had candy everywhere, and it was dark and had all these, like, lights, so they had to go, like, find all the candy in a spooky haunted house while, while spooky music played, and blah, blah, blah. And it was, like, it was, you know, big, like, we did more stuff throughout the day. It was kind of nice, so we went to a, a park where there was no one there, and they got to play it. Like, we did a whole big thing, like, because... It, you know, COVID sucks, and but we still like want them to have good memories from a lot of these things, and also it's it's fun to do those kind of things. So at the end of all that, Shauna pulls out a bottle of wine, right? Like it's Saturday night. We've had a you know a big day of doing a bunch of stuff. She's like, let's have some. We ordered dinner, and we're like, let's have a bottle of wine. And I looked at her, I said, like, I'll have a glasses with you, but you know that when they're going to bed, I got I got three more to get to a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> and she looked at me and looked at the bottle of wine and put it back in the fridge and then sat down. And uh, that's the most I've ever loved my wife, that she just recognized that I had a mission and she wasn't going to stop it, even if she could have really used a night with me having a glass of wine. Wow. Wow. Uh, let's do a break. Bill said it a few minutes ago. You finished. You finished your first Spooktober. How does it feel? Will you be doing it next year? Uh, it feels good. I will say that not that I wasn't like 100% focused in the past, like, I don't know, 20 minutes, but I may have started, you know, decently into my 2021 Spooktober list. In some ways, Ooh. taking what you guys are talking about and putting them on my list. It's part of the fun of Spooktobers. 
Yeah, and it's it's that's that's great to hear because I think it's I think it'll be next year will be even more fun, even though like we gave you what I think is a pretty solid horror list. I think next year will be even more fun because uh, you'll be able to guide it and you'll be able to be like, hmm, this wasn't much for me. And then cut out all the movies on the list that weren't like that. Or yeah, go and then pivot, pivot with us as we say, like, oh, fuck, this movie was good because that happened yeah. a lot with Peter and myself. Well, I, 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 get, yeah. Yeah. I will tend to like put on movies at like random times and just it's nice to be able to fill the void. And so that I think will be like purely off list next year and not like some cumbersome thing of finding which service I have to pay for or where I have to rent it. But I don't know. It'll be interesting to say the least. Curiously, like talking about algorithms earlier, so far my my 2021 list is like 90% female directed. And so I'm curious if that's like because of the way Letterboxd was like prompting me with movies that I wanted to click add or not. But either way, Mm. it should be interesting. That's pretty cool. Yeah, Bill, maybe, like maybe next year you heard. can do 50, Spooktober and 5252. Well, I've never seen Jennifer's Body. And so then obviously it's like, okay, it's I've good. recommended Ginger Snaps. And then I got into like The Lodge and Relic. And I remember that episode Raw. And I remember the episode Carrie. Um, anyways. Uh, yeah. Well, and Babadook, there's a whole bunch that we can pull. So much of those are like some of the best are negated because Peter and I have already seen them. But um, Well, it's really interesting too, the episodes I remember. Like – I very much so remember the episode Carrie, I don't know why, in Raw. Um, I think because, like, maybe that particular, like, month I listened to them all at once in, like, one trip or something. But I remember, like, those episodes so clearly for some reason. So I was like, I got to add that. And then one. Great. Anyways. Great apps. I will also say, um, this just reminded me, Peter, of what you're going to get into hopefully next year, Bill, is, uh, and I don't blame other people at all we are the weird ones is when you tell people or talk to people about what you're doing and they're like oh cool horror movies you've never seen uh you know what i really like have you seen the shining <laughs> yeah dude i've seen the shining so i i did that <laughs> yeah dude. you think i spent every year trying to watch three didn't like like i get it you're trying to be helpful i did that to one of my coworkers, fully expecting yeah. that type of reaction and he's like, let me see your list. And I was like, oh, it's not like your, you know, the, the big name ones. He's like, oh, yeah, I've seen all those. And it turns out like he's on Letterboxd and has like 3000 reviews and has seen like every single one of the ones I was talking about. So it's been actually interesting yeah. to like, I had no idea that he was that into this, you know, genre and world. And he's quite active. So that's awesome. this podcast uh, attest to uh, talking to people about movies can lead to friendships. Well, I now have more people, you know? People tell me to watch this. I, it's more than just you two. I have three people. Thank God Bill got people, Peter. That's a callback to an earlier episode where he says, when we were talking about people say this and Bill asked us, who are these people? Well, who's this people that you constantly talk about? <laughs> He's got but people. Now Bill understands Bill has a person. Yeah, Bill, you're now officially a people person. No, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> uh, all right so what did let's let's um why don't we start with the off book stuff and then let's wrap up the master list that peter and i uh handed to you uh down from generations uh in in hopes that you could protect it. yes i appreciate that um, so i had to add yeah. the off book stuff to my list which in some ways like on letterbox mostly so i didn't forget i felt like i was corrupting like this 
treasure that you had like handed on to me. I was like, I can't like actually add little Nikki to this list of 31 movies. Um, no, you got it. You got to add whatever you watch. Yeah, you add well, it. Yeah, there's no corrupting force. Fear not. I got over it and I watched Little Nikki as one of the off book movies. As I said, I would in the beginning. Um, totally counts. For those totally of you who haven't seen it, Adam Sandler. I've seen no. I saw Little Nikki in, in all his glory. Uh, man, that soundtrack. What a like flashback to like my sophomore, like junior year of high school. Just, so, I don't know if this is helpful, but like. So when I saw Little Nicky, it was in high school. It was coming off of movies that, like, even though I have no interest in now, uh, like, God, <laughs> it fucking cat. It gets, you it gets louder because it's like you're not listening to me. Um, but like, it was coming off of like Waterboy and Big Daddy, and like, you know, all like it felt like he was. You know, the Adam Sandler movies in high school were like appointment. Everyone went and saw him on opening night. And Little Nicky was like, oh, what the fuck is this? It was the first one where, like, I think I probably went with, like, 20 people. And all of us were like, well, that fucking sucked. Um, and then I think Mr. Deeds came out the next year. And I remember everyone being like, well, that sucks, too. Mr. <laughs> Deeds reason, felt like it was, sucks. yeah, it was it was one of his first phone-ins. <laughs> yeah. Little Nicky was, like, a miscalculation, right? Just a like, whore, yeah. Yeah, horribly miscalculated. But, like, I'm seeing it on this string of, like, Adam Sandler makes funny comedies that everyone loves. And Little Nicky was just not good. What was it like watching it in 2020? Uh, now that Adam Sandler is more known for making not good movies than good movies. You know, it was, like, take a not good movie from that era, which is, like, way more linked to that era than you probably remember. And watch it in 2020, and that's what it was. I will say that the reason I put it on my list is I have a friend who consistently sends me gifts of like Satan shoving pineapple up Hitler's butt while wearing a maid outfit. Um, <laughs> and that lived up to expectations. Uh, and I now know the context for that gif and we can move on. Um, <laughs> so it was, it was love- still not good in 2020. No, but. Yeah. I you know I love when you watch a movie and you're like oh hey that's where the gifts from yeah I mean I, I watched it solely for that's like the new Simpsons thing <laughs> yeah oh that was where the Simpsons oh that's where the gifts from <laughs> that is that's happened a lot to Peter watching Star Trek in our side yes by the way yeah oh the bald guy's a captain oh, <laughs> oh. okay. We were on a tight ship. I am going to move quickly. I watched the new Adams Family, the animated film with my six-year-old, the twenty nineteen. Told, told you it wasn't good. Uh, it was the Adams Family. Uncle Fester didn't fit the rest of them. I was kind of frustrated with that. But for those of you looking to watch something with a six-year-old and a three-year-old, it no. works. Um, I would recommend. Before the devil. <laughs> well, let me tell you, we'll get to it, but do not watch Father's Day with your six-year-old. Um, <laughs> off book, I watched uh, Color Out of Space. Uh, oh! Hell yeah. Hell yeah. For some reason, perhaps given the timing of the whole thing, I got laser focused on Nick Cage being possessed sounding like Donald Trump. Um <laughs> Yes. You guys should rewatch it if you don't remember that because Yeah, we we have a whole episode coming out about in like it in uh, January two months, three months. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, yeah, so uh, apparently, not to dwell too long in it, um, but uh, apparently that's Nick Cage doing an impression of his own father, who was like this New York area asshole and they just happen to have a common like apparently there's a type of rich new york asshole that trump just sounds like really and i, I never realized that because it very like i i appreciate that it was supposed to be his father i mean they made that pretty clear but i was like wow yeah who knew that he was related to donald um <laughs> so yeah that was interesting um i liked the movie though it was a good time I was probably most nice. scared in the beginning when something almost happens to the child. For some reason, it seems to be the scariest thing for all of these uh, movies yeah, for me is kids. Um, yeah. I guess I was probably more invincible before that happened. Um, <laughs> I watched... Ne- Wait, hold on. That versus Mandy. Which one worked better for you? Ooh. I mean... I think... There's no wrong answer. No, I know. I, like I, I think Mandy's probably a better movie, but Color of Outer Space is probably more my jam. That's that's yeah, that probably where sense. I land. That's probably where I land too. M- Mandy is is uh, 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 a piece of art. Color Outer Space is just like a fucking wild ride. Yeah, um, I dug it. Um, Could have gone a little bit further. I thought they borrowed like heavily from a bunch of movies, like. The plant life was like straight out of Annihilation. Um, if you guys haven't watched that, like within two weeks of watching Color Out of Space, if you rewatch it, you're like, oh, that's like the thing. Lifted I, that actually, exactly. like, the weird thing about this movie is that it was like shot and conceived in the 90s. So, so not shot, sorry, conceived and written. So that's what's interesting, Bill, and we'll talk about it in our episode in two months, um, <laughs> is that Annihilation Ant is uh, directly inspired by a book, which was directly inspired by um, the short story Color Out of Space from the 20s by H.P. Lovecraft. And that movie is also an adaptation of that short story. So they're kind of pulling from super common roots. Uh, of this idea of like a, a an alien a land an alien force turning a land against the people that live there. So like, there's a ton of parallels. Uh, you compare it to that and an yeah. I mean a ton, but yeah, yeah, because they're pulling from the same source material in a sense. I guess uh, Annihilation is one step removed because it's based on source material that's based on it. But yeah, yeah, I like them both. Um, I like the Annihilation probably more as like a film, and Colorado Space is just fun. Um, I also, that's a, that's a pretty good diagnosis. I watched uh, Nina Forever. Um, Interesting. Just because it was like front and center on Shutter when I had some time to kill. I've never even heard of that movie. Cool. You've never heard of Nina Forever? Um, no. I don't know. It's directed by the Blaine brothers, whoever they are. Um, it kind of feels like a rom-com with like slightly more gore and maybe bit darker themes. Um, but you know, girl falls in love with the dude who recently lost his girlfriend. Um, she haunts their bed, um, and only materializes when they have sex. Um, for some reason (laughs) continues to come back bloody every time. Um, it's fascinating. Actually, I, it was a pretty decent movie actually. Um, cool. Bit bizarre, but, um, it's good. I watched, speaking of bizarre and having watched it, I don't think it's necessarily a horror movie, um, but it was on Shutter, so I'm going to call it out. Um, dogs don't wear pants. 
<laughs> you didn't just go off book. You went off planet. Now you're naming stuff I've never heard of. You've never watched dogs yeah. don't wear pants? Oh, my God. Anyways, it's a uh, finite. Peter, have you heard of this? Uh, this is a yeah. This is a this is another Shutter exclusive. See, Bill, this is oh. why horror movies are fun. Is because immediately in your first year, when you were supposed to just stick to the book, and then you know you know parlay when you're when you've cracked the thirty one, you are introducing us to shit already. So like that's yeah. the, that's the most fun thing about horror. Uh, the horror as a genre is like. It all kind of looks like crap, and then you take, like, a little dive, and you're like, oh, this is kind of cool. Uh, Sorry, what do yeah. you think of this? Some, some may say, as an R.I.P. tribute, you're the man now, dog. <laughs> you're the man now, dog. Punch the keys. <laughs> um, dogs Don't Wear Pants is a Finnish film, so I was thinking that, you know, subtitles are for the win, um, which yeah. was the theme of My Spooktober, um, would hold true <laughs> in that. And I knew it had dominatrix from the, the cover art. Um, so between the two, I went for it. Um, it was – I enjoyed it. Uh, it was kind of heavy. It's about, you know, some guy who gets really into asphyxiation and – trying to see his dead wife by getting choked by a dominatrix and they push it too far and both kind of learn something about themselves doing so the dominatrix and the dude who pushes it too far um i'm not sure it qualifies as horror but uh i liked it it certainly was very realistic feeling um but yeah i recommend it if you guys have a spare you know Hour and a half. Wow. Oh, just because you were talking about these in asphyxiation, it just reminded me of maybe my favorite tweet of all time, where a parody of like, um, of like those tweets that like when a famous person dies and they meet other people in heaven, it's like, hey, J like Jimi Hendrix is like, now you get to jam with me and stuff like that, like those worst kind of like tweets. And it's one where a bunch of people say hi to someone that recently died. And then one of them is David Carradine, who's like, yeah, I, I, I tried to jerk myself off while choking myself. <laughs> it, fe it felt really good, but it's dangerous, and I died from it. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> Just something about the idea of David Carradine still bringing it up to every new family people. It comes down like, <laughs> like you have to go around to the neighborhood and let people know that's how he died. Oh, oh that's that kind of like in Little Nicky where. Oh, man. Uh, but Bill, I was saying uh, it. Uh, another Spooktober rule is another Spooktober rule is that if something. Uh, appears to be a horror movie or if it's on Shudder, basically. Um, something appears to be a horror movie or horror adjacent and you watch it and you're like, you're like, eh, I don't know if it's a horror movie or if it's, you know, something a little different. Like, it counts. <laughs> yeah, intentions count. Yeah, because the ultimate, because that's sort of a risk that you run when you're like, I want to watch, uh, you know, a bunch of uh, strange movies. I want to watch movies that are like extrapolations on this formula. Um, and sometimes, uh, sometimes it means you watch something and you're like, I don't know if that's a horror movie, but it's certainly glad it made it on my list. Yeah. Well, yeah. I feel that way about Dogs Don't Wear Pants. You guys should watch it. It is maybe too realistic feeling. Um so that's fun. Um, 
Anyways, that might be the end of my <laughs> off-list movies. <laughs> now I've got autoerotic asphyxiation in my head. So, um, <laughs> yeah, how to move on from there? I don't even know. Okay. It's all right. So, yeah, you had like, I think you had five or six to go. Yeah, that sounds about right. I watched yeah. my like finale movies like the night before Halloween because um, I was up late carving a pumpkin and it just felt more Halloween-like than yeah. trying to squeeze them in on Halloween. So I watched uh, The Cabin in the Woods and Trick or Treat um, as my finale. Um, Heck yeah. They were both freaking awesome. I would say... Oh, yes. The Cabin in the Woods was one of my... like. As far as, like, movies that hit the middle of the plate for what I thought horror was, like, it yeah. was probably one of my favorites of the month. Um, just... I still call that my favorite movie of 2012. Like, that movie scratches so many inches for me. And it's why I... You can probably see why I was like, yeah, watch it at the end. Like, it just is a culmination of probably a lot of things you've watched. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it's just the whole, like, conspiracy part to it all i mean i just loved it um trick-or-treat was great don't get me wrong like it was i, I really enjoyed trick-or-treat but cabin in the woods is like just you know up my alley in terms of all the silly you know ness that goes on behind the scenes so to speak um yeah trick-or-treat is more of like it it is what it looks like and it and i don't mean that in a way to degrade the movie because it's one of my all-time favorite movies but like it uh, you're expecting an if you're expecting an anthology horror movie that's going to scratch sort of like spooky horror vibes, um, and, yeah. and also be a really good, well executed version of those those little horror stories. Like, great, that's what you're going to get. Yeah. Cabin in the Woods is like purposefully exists to subvert your expectations, um, and then subvert those subversions where like they they basically let you live with the scientists for a long time. <laughs> Whereas yeah. like not you in any other movie, you'd be like, wait, why? Why are we spending so much time with these villains and making them so charming and funny? Uh, and then the movie, when it co finally comes back around, you're like, oh, that's why you spent so long with these guys. So that this end would actually, like, it would hit. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I guess the uh, yeah, telling part. how good both of Telling how good both of those movies are, just us talking about them, I'm like, I, I could watch those tonight. Like, I just watched 102 horror movies, but I could, I could go for a trick-or-treat. Um, Cabin in the Woods Double Marathon because the thing I gave up in relentlessly pursuing 102 movies is the thing where I do rewatches besides some stuff I showed my kid like uh, Beetlejuice and shit. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, we, I did seven rewatches this year and they were all kind of the same ones I do every year, which is like Beetlejuice, Hocus Pocus, Ghostbusters, The Mummy, like just kind of, just kind of like check boxes. Dogs um, don't wear pants. Yep. Dogs don't wear pants. Yep. Uh. Where do we go from there? But yeah, you know what? It'll get cut out. Let's talk about Father's Day. Um, Father's Day. <laughs> I watched that. So we, I mean, we warned you, right? Like it's a movie we're never going to do. On you the didn't show. warn me. You said it watch also... it with your kid, and I, you know, that was a mistake. He's like, why is that man <laughs> cutting his own genitalia? And I said, did you watch the whole thing with your kid, or at one point you're like, well, hopefully this is just an early bad part they forgot. Okay, about. no, I watched none of it with my kid. Thank God. No, I know. It's um, like I'm, I'm playing along with the bit. Nope. There's no playing when it comes to Father's Day. Um, you. <laughs> yeah, what, what did you think of that movie? Uh, you know, to be honest, this is like 
when you guys like queued up house for me, this is like more what I expected to get out of house than just like the absurdity that house is. Father's Day was more of a smack you upside the face and like when you sober up, they punch you in the gut. Like I, <laughs> I enjoyed it um, for what it is. Um, you know, I guess a theme for me is like I like some of the more subversive movies that you guys picked. Mm-hmm. And I'd say if you can think about Father's Day from like the 30,000 foot view, it's quite a subversive film. But like scene yeah. to scene, it is. Uh, it's rough. Yeah, I guess that's a good way to put it. It's rough. A little rough around the edges. Yeah. Um, But I also like, you know, secretly enjoyed it because I think it's hilarious that the, the whole concept of it I thought was hilarious. So. I enjoyed it. Um, you know, I'm not watching it again tomorrow, but that's not one that, like, I couldn't no. ever watch again. I would definitely rec- recommend no, it. And to, they're like, kind of, their, their masterpiece movie, I, I think, is uh, The Editor. But The Editor is doing more, like, I think you need to watch Father's Day and watch more horror movies to get what The Editor is doing. While well, I think Father's Day can exist on its own, if that makes sense. If you've seen any slashers, I think Father's Day can kind of exist. Or as the editor is like riffing off a very specific type of Italian giallo, and that that like a specific type of Italian weirdness, you have to find charming. Uh, All right, Bill, what else did you Um, We'll move quick. Uh, Prior to that, I watched Eden's Lake. um, Oh, yeah. It was fun. I mean, it was kind of. Based on, like, Fun. the extremes that I had visited earlier in the month, I'd say it was kind of, I hate to say run-of-the-mill, because it's a good movie, probably, in a vacuum, but it didn't really do anything for me that any of the other movies didn't. Um, it didn't necessarily do any of them better, either. Um, but, I mean, I still gave it, like, a three and a half, which is a pretty good rating for me. But it wasn't, yeah. you know, particularly noteworthy. Like, I don't have pages of notes on Eden's Lake. Yeah, it's probably one of those things that if you watch it earlier in the month, you may have been like, oh, well, that's interesting. And that gets to a weird, dark place. I don't think I would describe it as fun, but uh, I think it's doing fun. I like the ending, I guess, in the, the subversive yeah, the ending is the subversive kind of way of the whole thing, right? Um, yeah. So, I mean, I'm glad. I, I It definitely brought it back or, like, gave me an extra star watching the last, like, you know, 15, 20 minutes of that one. Yeah. Um, but it was that is also doing a riff though right like th- that uh that riff of like the uh small town people that are attacking the tourists and stuff like that and uh so i i definitely think the ending is extremely por- important to that movie in a way that like not all movies need a great ending that great ending you're you're 100% right though it is lifting it above the kind of thing it's doing for the first 70 minutes before it lets you know it's doing something yes uh right i think once i realized that it was like gonna take it like a half step at least further maybe a step further then i liked it a lot more Mm. but it you know it was okay up until then because it does kind of move slow as it like develops the whole thing yeah um i watched army of darkness um oh yeah i've heard yeah it's you know small little thing uh that was way more Mm -hmm. fun than i expected i honestly did not expect to like that one at all um what i don't know but you like evil dead too? well yeah and so apparently I, that means i like army of darkness but <laughs> based on the cover i was like eh. 
I'll save it for a while. I'll get to it. And then when I did get to it, I was like, oh, that was great. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess I should have known better, but it was... It feels like a Bill Fox movie for sure. Yeah. It's like very, it's very silly and fun. Yeah, and it was. I mean, it, it, there's some great lines in that movie talking about like you could probably watch that with Jack Fox in a few years and he'd find it funny, yeah. right? It's not like a bloody movie. Yeah, no, I think that's right. I mean, he'd be like going to tell his mom about his, you know, whatever Remington five shot ten seventy Express that you know. He got it the value save and how it's made in Auburn, Michigan. Uh, before that, I watched Slither, um, which was awesome. Um, yeah, that's a, that's very much a Sam Raimi type. Movie. It was hilarious. I mean, yeah. in in a good way. I mean, not in like a awful way. Um, that was another one I programmed specifically for you. Like, I wouldn't recommend that to all of my friends, but I was like, this is a this is a fucking Bill Fox movie. Yeah, well, like, you have to remember, like, I saved a bunch of good movies. So, like, it's hard for me to, like, be too descriptive on, like, the next five movies, because it's, like... Yeah, we also, like, I mean, we gave you, theoretically, hit after hit that you're comparing. Well, and that's the problem. Like, my next, like, four or five movies, like, like I, I love Slither. Then I, before that was Bone Tomahawk, which I really liked. Um, the Vanishing, <laughs> which I thought was awesome. Um, I wasn't sure if The Vanishing was a horror movie similarly, but now that I know intent is important, um, The Vanishing is way up there on my list. No, we, we don't want to ruin it for anyone, but like, how did you feel like the ending knocked you out of breath or whatever you want to say? Like, because I, I just remember watching that and being like, okay, yeah, no. Oh, oh. No, the, the, the ending oh. for me was like, satisfaction it was like hoping like that's where they were going the whole time um and then it happened and i was like yep i like this <laughs> like the guy he got what he got what he was looking for exactly yeah. like he promised right gave him his word and he you know he lived up to his word and yep yeah i mean that's one i should watch with my wife who's claustrophobic and doesn't really like horror movies and what an ending um so i really enjoyed that um proud of that i watched drag me to hell um which was enjoyable but you know in some ways you know lost amongst the the absolute hits that you guys selected for me um and i think the that's also a sam raimi movie so like it's uh directed by the same guy who did army of darkness and evil dead 2 really yeah yeah there's even that. The, there's even the the scene where they they're trying to they're trying to put the demon in a goat. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then they they basically create a deadite. Well, I, yeah. and I, I I thought that was like just an homage, not a straight up. Oh, that's awesome. I like it more for that. I like the. the <laughs> and then I mean that was a big part. Like I, Peter, my guess is you also saw it in theaters, and it was like holy fucking shit. Sam Raimi's doing a horror movie. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Again? But like, a, a, like a real one, though. Not like a like, real one. Not like, like the, gift. Um, the gift, yeah. Oh, I'm, sad psychics, he's a ghost. Oh, is Keanu Reeves a bad boyfriend? Oh, no. Uh, speaking of Keanu Reeves, Halloween was awesome as John Wick. I just want you guys to know that. Mm. Um, 
<laughs> you looked really good, and how also how many Russians did you kill? Uh, yeah, I mean, how many? How many Russians? All of them. I mean, at least in the neighborhood. Um, I will say, like, so so Bill dressed up as John Wick. He also sent us the perfect message to show us the costume, where he just said, "Apropos of nothing, people keep asking me if I'm back," and then he sent a picture of the costume. <laughs> And said, I'm thinking I'm back. <laughs> it, Which is it great. It was great. I carried around a, a stuffed dog and I had a handful of golden like chocolate coins. Um, and all the kids who recognized me as John Wick, probably more from Fortnite than from the movie, got golden coins. And my wife was thoroughly embarrassed throughout the evening trying to explain to people who John Wick is, having never seen the movie. Um, it was awesome. Uh, highly recommend Taking an obscure character like John Wick for Halloween. I highly recommend Elise watching John Yeah, me Wick. too. I mean, we got to get on that soon. Um, <laughs> I think the only other movie that I was halfway through as of the last recording was Hereditary. Um, oh, yeah. Peter, you were right to say that, like, my fear of, like, the dude killing his sister was only, like, the Amos Bouche or the appetizer for... <laughs> <laughs> the remainder of the film um yeah it, it took it in a you know a bit further than i had anticipated um was very much enjoyable uh i liked it i mean it certainly was a lot more unique than i had hoped for so um highly recommend hereditary uh, let, me, let me say one thing about hereditary because this is so specific of a horror but like the 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 sister part which happens in the first 20 minutes is like the th- you know it's what's so funny about this spooktober and maybe this will lead to a good wrap up here is that my daughter watched a lot of scary movies curated scary movies like check common sense what she's going to be watching scary movies so like with a sense of like what she gets scared by and what she can handle and also, what she's interested in. Uh, again, she she made it very clear she was disappointed I didn't choose more blood scenes. <laughs> so I guess I'll have to figure that out, how to balance that next year or next time we watch a movie. But the thing about Hereditary that gets me is like she, – so she kept asking like, what, what are you scared of, Dad? And I kind of was like, well, you know, not much. Um, like that isn't more like existential horror or um, – but I did say – I did tell her that the thing I'm most scared of is something happening to you or your sister, which is true. Like, that is the thing. Like, there's other things about, like, what happens tomorrow in the election and uh, jobs, normal adult shit that you're just like, well, what happens if I would lose my job? And, like, you go off into weird, like, panic and anxiety moments. But the thing that Hereditary gets so perfectly as, like, a as a father of daughters or any father or anyone is... That idea of a very quick and simple mistake Mm -hmm. that, like, you get back in your bed and you just, like, want that – like, you want to be able to rewind. You want it to not happen that way. You want – like, that is the thing that you think about when you, like, hold these little tiny childs and they do all this careless shit. And (laughs) there's, like, moments where all of a sudden they're in bad situations because you turned your head for half a second or especially, like, working from home with them all day. And, like, the the panic is, like, man, what if – they, yep. You know, Elliot went in that room for 30 seconds. I've seen her wrap a, a fucking curtain rod or a curtain string around her neck. Like, 
oh shit, like I'm going to the bathroom quickly. She's in that room and it's normally fine, but what if that happened? And then you like think of that moment hereditary of like, you know, that kid being in his bed and going, if I would have just turned the car, if I just would have slowed down, if I just would have not left the party at that point. And like the, the, the enormity of a, a, a tiny inconsequential decision that he can never take back. And like as a just it's like I hate saying stuff like as a parent, but like that is the thing that actually scares me the most. And that's not like a fun horror answer, like ghosts or goblins or demons or witches or whatever else. But like that is what scares me, and that is why Hereditary is still one of the scariest oh, movies yeah. I've ever seen. Because of 100%. Yes, all the stuff that happens on screen is spooky, but I've also never seen a movie where someone sits with the the choice isn't even the right word that has to sit with the chain of events that occurred that is just like him wanting it to not be the case and not having a way to undo the enormity of what these tiny decisions and it's so much worse because it's not like he has a mother to cope with because the mother never wanted him or wanted to kill him right and like mm -hmm. I guess when the head fell off right it's instant right we're immediately like yeah. have the consequence in your dealing with it but like watching mm -hmm. him go off to get high with his friends and telling her to go get a piece of cake where they had like not so slyly shown them chopping nuts to put in it or whatever yeah. like for me the whole lead up to the point where like she starts like with her allergic reaction and can't breathe like yeah that was just as scary because it just kept going yeah. and going and it's like you dumb ass teenager going to get high like stupid yeah. teenage shit that everyone does and you just killed your sister but then oh wait you really killed her when you ran her into a pole well and you yeah there's so many of those dumb moments that like I'm not I'm not an overprotective parent and I don't think like I, I don't have a general like anxiety but like you know when we're outside playing this summer and a wasp is by them and all of a sudden like I'm, I've never been scared of wasps for me but like or what if a bee stings them and they have a reaction? Well, we don't have a pen in the house because no one in my family is allergic to bees. So we would have to call the ambulance. So what if their throat – like you just start having all of these things and you're just like, okay, well, I'm, I guess I'm going to be nervous about the bee. And I'm going to take whatever action because I've, I've gamed out these scenarios that I don't want to look back on. And that's so much of parenting is, is like, like just being like, okay – as I game out all these potential scenarios where this could go bad, um, am I being ridiculous or am I being smart? Or am I being a mixture of both? And it's just, like, impossible to gauge. And this shows, like, the worst version of not thinking of a couple steps ahead of what could happen. Yeah. It's way easier to prepare for, like, your head being turned into erasers than it is for, like, a random act of violence against your child. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's, I mean, in some ways, that's part of what this month is about. Like, you know, you, you're desensitizing your stuff to, I think, a lot of things. Peter and I talk about that a lot. Like, it is true. Like, I mean, I, I, it is amazing how little gory, like, I, I don't know if there's something like gory that's going to get me besides like very specific, like, I don't know, someone licking a knife, like in fucking Evil Dead or like the paper cut scene from Jackass, but like... Like, but, but it still uncovers a lot of things about the way that you view 
your life and the way you think about things. And even though it is a lot of fun, entertaining movies and it's fun to do the challenge and it's fun to share stuff with everyone. Like, I do think it is fun also on top of that to like weirdly have to analyze in a short period of time, all the different permutations of fear and whether you ascribe to it or whether it is, Something that you can kind of dismiss as fun. And that's kind of like figuring that out for Maya has been interesting too, right? Like I don't want to scare her, but I want her to get the kind of spooks that she's looking for when she watches a movie. Um, <laughs> but I don't want her to go to bed terrified. Like, cause she does look for that. She, she want like, uh, Coraline is a really good example. Like everyone knows that my daughter or everyone that's listened to this for a while, but one of the first <laughs> things you said to me is that my daughter loves Coraline. She used to want to start the movie halfway through at the time that the mom goes, um, starts like turning into the monster for the first time and counting to three. And there was something about that moment that she wanted to watch over and over again. And I don't really know what that was. That was even at four. But she did. She called it the scary part. And she wanted to watch the scary part over and over. And it was never a scary part that kept her up at night or had any effect that I could see on her life. But there was something about it that she was using to process something. Um, and and like there was a level of hopefully not recognition of bad parents, but this idea that bad parents could exist. And um, And like, yeah, so like... I recognize that in her and what she's gravitated to in these movies. And I think that's why, like, as, as fun as this is as a concept and is talking about it, like, I think there's real value for for having a month where you just watch a bunch of spooky movies. Not for everyone, but for me specifically, I find a value in it beyond just the challenge and f- movie aspect to it. Yeah. That's well spoken. I agree. I mean, it's been interesting for me to say the least. I mean, I went into this saying a movie is a movie. And and by and large, I think (laughs) if there's anything you can take away from this, Peter, it's that having kids is frightening Um, for weird reasons. Uh, You mentioned like desensitized you become to the films and all that stuff. And like, I think that's true. Like I could watch gore in any of these and like didn't really do anything for me. But like bone... Uh, Tomahawk, when they split that guy from like bottom to top in that cave, I was like, wow, I've never seen anything like that. Like, I want to watch that again. Like, it was like such a weird reaction, but like, it was like, I'm not sure the effects were any better than any other film. I'm not sure like the, the premise or the lead up was better than anything else, but like, for whatever reason, like, that's the one kill I will remember from Spooktober 2020 is like those, you know, whatever you want to call you know, indigenous people of bone tomahawk splitting this guy, like before they eat him, like from the bottom side to the top. It's just epic. Um, so that's my, that's my parting, my parting piece for everyone who hasn't seen the movie. Like go watch that solely for that kill. If, if you need any encouragement. Uh, yeah. Peter, any final thoughts before we wrap this up? I hit all time numbers for myself as well. Um, and I feel like I, kept my excitement despite what i was saying about final destination 3 i kept my excitement for the month pretty much until my last day there um and this you know who knows if i'll ever be able to crack 100 like this is a particularly unique year (laughs) um 
And, uh, you know, losing a weekend probably was, you know, my last chance to do it. But I watching I watched 80 movies. I felt like I was deeply connected to what I love about the genre 90 percent of the time. Yeah. Um, And that's what's so amazing about the genre. And what's fun about this challenge is that you get to, like, really pursue what what drives you to the genre and you get to sort of challenge or um, reinforce uh, what you don't like about the genre because you have so much space to play in and it's not no longer your one Friday night movie or whatever. It's, it's one of 80 movies you're watching that month and you can kind of watch stuff with a a bit more of like a sober eye because there's no sort of um, extra import dumped on anything. It's just, you and your interest and how much you want to indulge it. And like, I had an absolute fucking blast this year. Um, and largely because of you guys and Ryan Poland and we, the fact that we got to like, have like a little social experiment here and got to have, make it like a fun party. So like all these people I love that are so far away, I got to feel closer to them being like, we're all doing this together. Uh, we're all reporting back to each other when something is, is particularly uh, noteworthy. <laughs> Usually the very best or the very worst. Um, but yeah, so it's, a, it's a good time. Yeah, this was definitely, I think, uh, it's so funny how much burnt out, I think, Peter, you and I both have experienced with watching half of the movies. And I don't feel any burnout. Two days later, like... I didn't watch a movie last night, but I almost felt like I could have still. I actually had to, like, force myself to, like, go, what else do I do? <laughs> what else I do is apparently play some Tony Hawk. I, I, I don't know what's next. I think Tony Hawk is probably the answer. <laughs> Tony Hawk is a lot of fun. I finally remembered how to get good at it. Yeah, I I, I just want to quickly get back to something you said, Peter. Um, I think that is so important. So many of these movies, which are fun to watch, I think, go unwatched because it's like you only have one pole to hang a tent and you're like, it's got to hold up the whole structure. So where do I place it? And so you end up like on a random Friday night where you just get off a long week at work and you haven't watched a movie all week. You're like, well, fuck, I can't watch fucking Friday the 13th part five for my Friday night movie. I have to find something better. And that means that like some of these movies that you kind of have interest in or are curious about go unwatched. But when you're watching them as part of this giant mass onslaught (laughs) of movies, you don't, nothing has to hold up anything. You're just like, this is what I do at night. I watch as many of these as I can until I go to sleep. Nothing has to be good or better. And when I see one that's great, great. I'll mark it down. I'll recommend to friends. Otherwise, I don't have to feel shitty if I'm like, well, I just spent my night watching two movies I don't like all that much. Because instead, you get to go, well, sure, I didn't like these movies. But now I added two to my count. And yeah, like, it's all as, part as, of the social experiment, right? Like you get to you get you're like, oh, well, this is just more data for me. Yeah, it, it, like as dumb as that may sound, like I, I mean, I, I couldn't do that. It's 12 months out of the year, people that have suggested we try to watch 666 movies over the course of a year. We're not doing that because it would get in like it, I would my mind would melt. But when it's part of like this month thing that I do every year, that's part of this just ritual, like it's fine. Like it's it's not I don't have to enjoy 
anything all that much to get enjoyment out of the month-long thing I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, but yeah, thank you very much, Bill, for joining in yeah. this this disgusting habit list. that I hope we I hope becomes a habit now. Uh, I, I hope we've destroyed your brain. Um, and, and yeah, now you've I mean, got we're definitely going to do separate episodes from here on out. Uh, and yeah, maybe next year we'll, we'll, we'll convince Ryan to join us for this, and we'll have all four of us making our own lists and making recommendations and all that fun stuff. We need better categories. Because if you get, like, Ryan in here and you guys all hit 80, like, you're going to spend the whole month, six days watching movies and, like, two days, like, describing them for the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, the ratio would be all off. That's valuable watch time. (laughs) Uh, I actually, here's what I learned uh, about Ryan. I think most years he would have won. Uh he, I think, does like 70 or 80 every year and is uh, not that it's a real competition, but it would be crazy. Like, yeah, I watched 12 movies yesterday. It was fine. <laughs> it's like, yeah. what? He's he's like low key, uh, low key too good at Spooktober. Uh, yeah. He just has no he doesn't he, he wasn't like, well, I need to top Aaron. So I got, a, you know, like 104. Uh, he was he, I think also he, one thing that protects his longevity is that he is like a he goes he picks what he's going to watch movie to movie. Like he has yeah. I, I don't think he has long term strategy and it, and it works for him. Like, yeah. I, th- I th- he's just like, well, yeah, I'm watching this today. I'm like, you never even mentioned that. We were asking <laughs> about our list. I wasn't forewarned. Yeah. Yeah, he's just vibing. He's, he's just vibing. vibing. Month. And anyways, I hope you all vibe to the two Thanksgiving movies. Now that it's November. Good night. Good spooks. On a foggy hill rock Stood a crazy little demon Blowing his top Fire in his eyes And smoke from his head You gotta be real cool To hear the words he said He did the He steam in his soul For the one he loves So he had death on his mind Cause my demon let him go Thank you so much for listening To We Love to Watch If you made it to the end, hopefully you liked what you heard today. And if you'd like to hear more, please go to patreon.com slash we love to watch. And if you can chip in a few bucks, that would really help us keep the lights on and keep us moving forward. Uh, It wasn't an implicit threat by Peter. He just didn't know how to say it. But either way, we'll continue to make more. But it would be helpful uh, as we explain to our loved ones where all our money is going, which is all on server space. Uh, (laughs) If you can't, (laughs) uh, if you don't have a few bucks to chip in, we totally understand and you want to support the show we truly absolutely would appreciate a uh, review on itunes i know every podcast says it and it's because it really does help and so every podcast wants that help so please go leave us a positive review so that when people find this show organically they hopefully want to tune in and listen and thanks again for all of your listenership and support and time throughout the years uh we really do appreciate you uh with kisses and smooches peter and aaron (laughs) 